This episode is brought to you by Jimmy. Some up in your Clash of Clans store today. Welcome to Clash Tours. I'm the podfather of pods, C-Note, and with me today I have an amazing guest. He needs no introduction, but I'm going to try and do one anyway. You may know him from TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. He does his own podcast. The one, the only, Trample Damage. Trample, how are you tonight? I'm good. It's I don't tonight. It's like 4:30 my time. I guess I'm I'm going to have a great evening though. So I'll I'll say proactively I'm doing great. Proactively. I like that. I like that. So you're trying to have a, a good night. I'm always trying to have a good day. I don't understand like there are people in this world they are just perpetually unhappy and they make no sense to me. Sounds like my boss. <laughs> well, Trample, you may want to cover your ears because I know what beverage you drink, and I have to do the ceremonial opening of the Pepsi. There it is. Um, there it goes. Now, I know you've drank Pepsi before, but I know what your beverage of choice is. Uh, so, you know, I'll try and spare you the embarrassment. Uh, <laughs> I recently started drinking Dr. Pepper. I uh, I still drink Coke, but I think it's part of it's like my son just went to college. Like we moved him in last weekend to the University of Virginia, and he was always a, like, as always, he was recently a doctor. Pepper person. And I don't know, like, I think it's making me feel like, you know, a little closer having them around. And so I've been drinking Dr. Pepper lately. My wife is like, are you feeling okay? (laughs) (laughs) So you're kind of an in-betweener now, right? Yeah. Now it's a mix of Coke (laughs) and Dr. Pepper. Not quite dark side, not not quite good side, just in between (laughs) neutral. (laughs) I I drink Dr. Pepper too. I, I love Dr. Pepper and cream soda. I don't know if you've tried that. I have. I actually have half of a 12-pack left in my garage because uh, I have a fridge in my garage like full of nothing but soda. Uh, but there's a, there's a half of a 12-pack of that left from that my son hadn't finished before he left, which I like it, but it's not something that – like I could drink you know 70 ounces of Dr. Pepper in a day and, and it doesn't feel like, oh, that's a little too much. But the cream soda one and the same thing with the strawberries and cream one, like I get like five, six ounces of the strawberries and cream and I feel like, okay, that's enough. The cream soda one, it's like, I'm good for a can, but then probably no more than just one a day. Yeah, uh, some people think it's too sweet. I love it. Um, and I, I love the strawberries and cream one, too. Some people think that both are a little sweet, but, you know, I'm not a sweet person, so I guess I need all that extra sugar. Speaking of of your son, and I know you dropped him off recently in college, and, uh, and congratulations to him. I, you made me laugh because out of nowhere, I get a DM from you with a Pepsi delivery truck in front of your hotel, and you asked me if I sent <laughs> that to you. <laughs> And I wish I could have told you yes. <laughs> <laughs> I it's I I started we were I think that was I think we had already dropped him off. I think we had come back to the hotel and we were gonna oh no, maybe it was one of the first nights we were there. But we were waiting for valet. It's you know, it's so weird to me because like in Las Vegas, everything is just like we build out, right? There there are tall buildings, of course, like the casinos and the hotels, but there aren't like a lot of huge office buildings. Like most stuff, it's like one or two stories and other places because, you know, we were in uh, Richmond. We flew into Richmond, Virginia. We were staying in a hotel that was like connected to a Bank of America or something. It's like this, you know, this massive tall hotel with a bunch of other businesses and facilities all in there. And it's not something I'm used to. And the main thing is like parking, and, like everywhere outside of Las Vegas, parking is like incredibly expensive. And the hotel was like, oh, well, yeah, with well, parking service is like, 
like, you know, $6,000 a night. And then you can have the car come and go as much as you want. Or you can pay $6,000 every single time you take it in and out if you want to do it by yourself. And I was like, so I guess we'll have you guys do it. They're like, but then you have to wait for valet every time. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we were waiting for a valet. And then this like massive Pepsi truck is just right across the street. I was like, oh my God, I'll be funny. And so I, you know, took a picture. That was hilarious. I have to admit, I started cracking up when I saw that. But well, let's let's dive into some questions. So I know you obviously have your own podcast, Inside Clash, and I'm an avid listener, and I'm sure you have a lot of avid listeners. So I, I don't want to go into strategies or anything like that per se, or what you like and don't like. I, I kind of want to know more about you. So we're going to take a little pun here, and I'm going to go Inside Trample instead of Inside oh. Clash. Sounds invasive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did tell you to wear protective gear before you came on. <laughs> you can at least buy me a drink first. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start with the first question. Uh, what is your favorite part of content creation? I like, so I'm, the, I'm, you know, like the annoying person sometimes that will do like at Starbucks, I'm getting something for my wife and I'll like pay for the person behind me, which I think the baristas at Starbucks find obnoxious because it's sometimes like, then it starts a conversation with the next person of like, oh, that was really nice. How much is the person behind me? And they're like, $30. Like, well, never mind. I'm not doing that. But like, I'll do that. I do that kind of stuff at the mini mart. Like even before we started talking, I went and bought myself some Dr. Pepper and some water and I paid for the guy behind me who had a couple things to Gatorade. I was like, Hey, I'm going to ring him up also. And I just do that kind of stuff. It's like that, that notion of like pay it forward. And there's like proactive kindness. My favorite part of content creation is honestly seeing the reactions that people have that are favorable or positive and not, not because it feeds my ego of like, Oh, I'm, I'm cool. People like me. People want to check out my stuff, but more like, I like helping people. I like spreading joy. I like spreading happiness and, you know, proactively, I'm going to have a great night tonight. And I think my favorite thing about it is just seeing the responses I get from people of, oh, this this attack strategy was so incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Or this challenge was really hard for me. And having, you know, you show me how to do it made it so much easier. And I really appreciate that. I think that's my favorite piece is just that feeling of I'm spreading happiness and joy because I'm sure that there are people out there who hate me or think I'm annoying or whatever. But for the most part, the community that I have grown or has, you know, been willing to spring up around me has been very gracious and it feels good to feel like I'm like spreading positivity. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel that you do. I mean, I'm in your discord server, both of them, uh, unless you have a top secret third one that I'm not in, but I see a lot of positivity, a lot of people, you know, engaging with you, asking you questions, not, not necessarily about the game, but you know, just life in general. And you're always there. And I know you are a very busy person. <laughs> I don't know how you do it with, with social media and everything that you do with content creation. I mean, you have to be going like 18 out of 24 hours a day, but you always manage to, to, to you know, address their questions, address their concerns. And I, I think that says a lot. That's what I'm trying to achieve. It's tough sometimes just because there are, and I get this, like I see this on TikTok even, you know, I remember when my first really big TikTok was one that I posted probably like a couple weeks before Town Hall 14 came out. And it was like me doing a, a voiceover of... The wizard. I don't know if you remember the old Clash commercials where they had the one where the like the clan castles under attack, and he's like, good. he's like rolls out of bed, he goes over to the mirror, and he like pulls his his hood down. He's got this like you know four and a half foot tall cool dew of hair, and he's like, you're the wizard, you're a fireball throwing wizard, you got this or whatever he says, and he like puts the hood back up. Well, I took a screen, I took like a screen recording of that, and instead I was like, tell me you're addicted to Clash. 
without telling me you're addicted to clash. And then I went and I showed a max base of every town hall and it was very popular. It went viral and it picked up, I don't know, it picked up like 25,000 followers on TikTok in the course of like two weeks because of that video. There were so many comments and every morning I was telling my wife, I'm like, this is killing me. She's like, just stop responding to everybody. I was literally on there like every morning I'd like wake up and spend like 45 minutes responding to almost every single comment that somebody made on there just because I felt like you took the time and effort to you know, say thank you or to say, wow, this is cool. And I, I felt like I should reciprocate. I was able to do that for a while and then it became too unwieldy. And then I started feeling bad about it. I'm like, I didn't respond to people yesterday because I had to get up and work early. Then I'm like, I'd be looking at this like, this is a job now. How am I going to respond to everybody? (laughs) But I do, I do like to interact with people and engage as much as possible. Uh, and, And that's what makes it personal. You know what I mean? I think that's what draws people in is that personal touch, you know, and you're like, you're like a a megastar athlete. You know what I mean? They can't stop and sign every single autograph. They wish they could, but they can't. And you do what you can, right? (laughs) Yes. Only without being a megastar athlete. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're a a megastar YouTube slash TikTok creator and now podcast creator. There we go. So every yin has its yang. What is your least favorite part of content creation? Uh, I guess it probably, you know, sort of goes hand in hand with that first piece. So the yin and yang is probably an apt analogy for that. There is an element of the lack of time that I have to be able to do all the stuff that I would like to be able to do. Like if I if I had unbounded time, I would make a lot more videos. I actually have a lot of fun with the YouTube videos, but they take longer and the TikTok videos are a lot shorter. But even like on TikTok, I'll post something. I think part of what people liked about me on TikTok is because I had so many different town halls, I would have content for people who wanted to see Town Hall 7 stuff and Town Hall 10 stuff and Town Hall 12 stuff and now Town Hall 14 or 15 or Clan Capital or Builder Base. I'll post a video that's like, hey, here's this, you know, a, a good army to use with the Party Wizard so you can get a Rune of Elixir for Town Hall 12. And I'm showing a Town Hall 12 attack and then the comments are like, do one for Town Hall 11, do one for Town Hall 13. And then other people will be like, do one with no siege. I'm like, you're Town Hall 12. Like, you can, you can make siege machines, you know? And so this sort of desire that people have and these requests that people have, it's I feel, you know, guilty-ish leaving some of that stuff unfulfilled. And that that applies whether it's comments that I didn't respond to on Discord or people that I, I missed a comment that they made on something or content people would like me to produce. There's just, you know, like you said, we're all busy and I, you know, I have a job, family, and this is none of this content creation stuff is like my job. Like these other people that are spending all this time and effort, that's like their primary source of income for some of them. And for me, it's all just stuff that's for fun. And so I I feel bad sometimes. And then it's like, why am I feeling bad? Like I'm just, I'm doing what I can and I'm sharing and I'm being positive while I do it. And it doesn't have to be something that feels like a burden, but sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes things catch up to you, uh, which leads me into my next question. How do you come up with the ideas? So you're obviously multi multifaceted, you know, with your content creation, as I've listed off a couple times now, where do you where do you come up with ideas for your content creation, whether it be via the songs that you lead with in your podcast or your TikTok videos, YouTube videos? Where do you come up with this? Are you so all right, I'll give you an example. I'm old and I'll admit it. And (laughs) in doing this, in doing this podcast, I'll be driving down the street and go, oh, something will just pop into my head. And I immediately have to either write it down or I have to put it somewhere. So it, it literally has the capacity to create a sticky note of a car (laughs) you know there are all the sticky notes in the windows are you like that where you're you're just kind of nonchalantly walking down the street maybe walking your dogs and saying oh wow that would be a great 
thing for content? Put it in your phone or write it down. Is that something you do or is it just kind of flow off the tongue? It's more of the flow off the tongue thing. I have, you know, because I've got so many, I know you have, you know, plenty of different bases also. Uh, If I was somebody who was one of the content creators that like only does max, you know, Town Hall 15 content, or if I do the esports content, like their, their stuff sort of writes itself in a sense that like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be doing some kind of streaming for this war and i'm going to take the attacks from that and turn that into a youtube video of some kind for me tiktok my ideas usually come from i am trying to be entertaining and so queen walks queen charges usually not very popular because you know tiktoks are supposed to be shorter and it's you know this really sort of sad state of where we're going to wind up as a society where like you know i have videos on there sometimes that are two minutes people like this is so long (laughs) i'm like it's two minutes (laughs) 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 because when i first started posting on tiktok it was a 59 second cap and so i would try and do like you know tutorials for the challenge videos in 59 seconds so like i'll record it and then i will edit in my InShot app to trim it and cut the video to 59 seconds and then I'd record audio over it. And so it's like, you know, with these these short form content, what I'd wind up doing is saying like, you know, it's it's gotta be something kind of fun and exciting. Like, you know, if I do an army that's like, you know, a whole ton of, you know, ice golems, like here's an army with nine ice golems. People are like, ooh, that looks engaging. That looks interesting. I wanna watch that. So I'm, I'm trying to show stuff that I think would be entertaining. And a lot of times what that is is, I look at the content that I produced recently. I'm like, hey, I haven't made a Town Hall 10 video for a little while. I'll make a Town Hall 10 video. And I will come up with some kind of like crazy, goofy, stupid army and just, you know, make a couple of attacks and share it. Or I will say, oh, I've, you know, I've got a couple of, I'll look at the replays of any Town Hall 10 attacks I made recently and go, oh, hey, this is actually, I haven't done a video on Wallow for a long time. I'll go ahead and wind up doing something along those lines. So it's just sort of like on the TikTok side, it's kind of like, I'll just, I try to spread it around among the different Town Halls. YouTube, I, you know, it's like I make a video for each of the challenges, which in a month like this one where there's four challenges that, you know, like will be a a video that I make usually once a week. I try to squeeze in a YouTube video once a week if I can. I think I average like 12 or 13 days in between them. And that's one where, you know, like I said, I, I wish I had more time. I wish I could spend more time on the YouTube videos. And for those, it's normally just I, you know, it's a cool seasonal troop or like Grom's super hog rider attack. I was like, this dude is super cool. And I'd sent him a message. I was like, can you share some of those three stars? And now I'm making the attack myself and I'm meeting with a lot of success. And so it's like, I, you know, I, I, I would probably be interested in making another super hog rider video at some point. So it's, it's, you know, podcasting, like you had mentioned, like I, sometimes I'll have an idea of like, oh, this is something that I haven't talked about yet. I'll just go ahead and do it. But a lot of times it's really just, I say to myself, I have to come up with something. I will just start rambling and see where it takes me and hope it doesn't lead me down some stupid road. And then I answer questions from the audience. <laughs> Ramble damage. <laughs> Ramble damage. And the, you know, the, the music, I, I think what I, when I first started, I didn't, I was taking, I was trying to find music online that was like, you know, free. Cause I didn't want to like, you know, like rip stuff out of a Katy Perry song or something. So I was, I was trying to take music and then write lyrics for it. And I was having trouble with that. So then I switched to, I got garage band and I started just thinking like, okay, I'm going to do like the theme this week is going to be whatever. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a smart guy and I'm, I'm a, 
I'm well read. I have a great vocabulary and I'm, I'm a genius. And so I, I'll come up with some lyrics for something and then I'll just go into GarageBand and try and make some music that will go along with it. Then sometimes like I had one that was like a Valkyrie one and I was like, oh my gosh, and I had this. It, it was one of those just like I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to do like a country music kind of sounding one of being in love with a Valkyrie. And she's like, okay, that sounds really cool. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll usually just be like something that hits me that I'll just start working on or I will essentially force something because I get like this my most recent one was like a song about the minor and I was like that would be cool because I had that this idea for uh, I have been a minor ever since I was a minor I was like that would be a fun line to start with and so then I just wrote some lyrics and then tried to put some music together and, and off to the races oh well I, I for one am a huge fan of your songs love them very creative very great. Always make me laugh too. And I think it's a great icebreaker into your show, to be honest with you. I appreciate that. I the first time the very first one when I played it for my family, I was like, okay, hear me out. I'm going to do an intro song for my podcast. And my wife was like, oh yeah, you know, because I've I've played her some of the music that some of the other podcasts have. She's like, oh, you know, did you pick what you want? <laughs> and because I had told her Congressman Cool Rick had told me it was gonna be, you know, hard to choose what music I want. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, you know, what did you go with? And I was like, and I I played it for them and it was me singing the first one was like this is the podcast intro music is like the opening line and like all of them made this face that was like a combination of horror and incredulity and humor and and as soon as it finished they all cracked up laughing and my daughter goes that's like so cringy but i love it <laughs> And so then I was like, I think maybe I'll just like try and do a new one for each episode and see how that goes. And that takes honestly almost as much time as, as the rest of the podcast does to record. Oh, they are amazing. And a, a side question, how many accounts are you up to right now? I <laughs> Three. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no reason. <laughs> I have, I currently have, I had 29. I was sitting at 29 for a long time. And then somebody did this like town hall 10 and like race the town hall 10 thing that was like <laughs> like it was very very no no disrespect it wasn't as well orchestrated as i was thinking it was going to be and uh you know some of us were kind of joking like we don't really understand the rules and um so that ended up getting me into a a 30th base um most of them are between i think probably like 12 or 13 of them are like town hall eight and nine and then the rest of them i have like two or three of each of the other town halls trample i have a little homework for you okay uh -oh. no, no. hear me out before you say no okay <laughs> i'm gonna need you to create two more accounts just for tips and giggles <laughs> so then okay then we can get t-shirts printed up saying i have 32 accounts just like him with an arrow going left and you get one with an arrow going right we'll stand next to each other everybody will know who we are <laughs> you know what else we could do we could also do a like the classic ncaa tournament bracket with 64 total like we had 32 of our bases pitted against each other and do like a you know single loss elimination all the way to you know a final four of c notes bases and i'll be like hey good job i was just fun being invited oh that sounds that sounds juicy i like that idea that is a great idea i might have to edit this out so that nobody else steals it <laughs> all right i'm gonna get back on track here and you kind of touched on it a little bit uh how do you find the time for all this content creation you do and i i know you've been one to kind of throw your personal life a little bit into it you know because you're best friends with your wife you have two kids uh you have two dogs 
and you spend as much time with them as you can. And then you have your your class side where you have all this create, you know, your podcast, TikTok, YouTube, you're on Discord, you're coming up with events. Uh, you know, how do you manage your time? So I, I clearly don't work enough. I think is probably the answer. <laughs> No, I, I, so I get up early with my dogs and I will usually like, as I'm, you know, I take them out to the restroom and then I will, I usually check on like the creator program. I'll log into Slack for that to see if I'm missing anything. I'll check on discord to see if there's anything like, you know, I'm using air quotes here, urgent that I need to respond to right away. And it's like, I, I usually go through like 10 minutes of quick housekeeping while I'm sort of like preparing for the day. And then if there's something that's going to be, you know, a little bit more time consuming to read through or to respond to, then sometimes I will forego reading while I walk my dogs, which is one of the reasons I have fun walking my dogs. They're very well behaved. And I get a lot of comments from people out on the street or at the park. They're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't, I could never do that. I'm like, your dog doesn't look very well behaved and you look uncoordinated. So that doesn't surprise me. But what I say is, I know, but they're such good boys. So I, you know, that's like, that's like my normal morning routine. And I will, I oftentimes like my TikToks take me like seven to 10 minutes to make. So it's like, part of it is because like, I'm super low effort with my content creation. Yeah, I've had people tell me, it's actually, it's like, it's really sweet mixed with this insult. How many people have offered to help me with my thumbnails over time <laughs> and like help me with editing? And, and people have asked me like, oh, when are you going to do a face reveal? Part of the reason I don't show myself on anything is because it would add to the level of complexity of the content creation. And I really honestly try to keep it really just about about the game and just about the the tutorial or the guide or the humor or whatever it is that I'm going for. And if I had to incorporate my face, then I gotta, I don't know, that just sounds way more complicated. So like, I'll, I'll do a few things in the morning. And then like, I'm, I'm one of those, like, I don't know, the consummate over scheduler, like in between meetings at work, I'm like, I will walk ahead of other people so that I can quickly squeeze in some war attacks or respond to some discord comments or call my wife because, you know, it's like a busy afternoon or a busy morning of meetings. And I like to chat with her throughout the day. And the content creation essentially does the same thing where it falls into there. Uh, My podcast usually gets recorded uh, either like one day of the week, I'll get up early and I will, uh, you know, I walk the dog. So they're kind of tired. And then I will have them just relax in the living room and then I'll record my podcast or I will go out to my car. I was jokingly call it my mobile recording studio. Like I'll grab lunch, I'll eat really quickly and then I'll record my podcast. I just, just kind of jam it in and squeeze it in where I can. And I honestly sometimes wonder where I find the time because I read a lot too. I mean, I read an average of like 60 pages a day and I've got this good relationship with my wife and my kids and I do, you know, work loves me. I've been with my company for 25 years and they've given me tons of opportunities over the years and lots of responsibility. And honestly, I I don't know. I just luckily somehow watch it burst into existence for me. Well, it's probably good that you don't have a, a face reveal because then you'd have people recognizing you on the street, running after you for autographs, you know, and then this just... More of your time sucked up and more guilt for not being able to get to everybody, you know, because lines would be forming around the corner and... You know, One so it's probably time. best to keep it like that, right? <laughs> probably. So where do you see yourself or what are you, some of your goals? I know I've heard you say that you want to get about a thousand or more than a thousand listens 
on your pod at one time for one particular episode or all episodes, where else do you want to go with your content? I think on, you know, I would like to go at some point to one of the the Clash World Championship things, like get an invitation to go out to Finland. This year would not work for me because it's going to be over Thanksgiving weekend. You know, I, what family I do have is not very large, but that's something where we do tend to get together and it'll be the first time, especially this year, the first time I will have seen my son for a while because he'll be coming home for Thanksgiving. But I think like, being invited to an event like that would be super cool. It would feel like, oh, you know, I, I did a good job. I made it. Something like that. I do. I really love, like, I talk a lot. And it's not surprising. Like, one one man podcast of me just rambling on one breath for a half an hour. And I, I love the podcast. It would be really cool to get like, and I have no idea, like, I don't, I don't think that uh, like podcasts, like it's not like YouTube or TikTok where people can see how many downloads or listens it is. And I, I feel like I didn't realize, I think I was like asking people how much money they make or asking women how much they weigh when I was like, what kind of uh, volume do you get on your podcast? And everybody's been like super sketchy about it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't look at that stuff. And I was like, I think I just committed some kind of faux pas. So <laughs> I've, I've stopped asking people because I I know I'm like, I guess that's like, you know, I don't know, maybe that's like a thing people don't do. But I, so I don't know what kind of volume other people get. But I, I've, I, you know, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I'm gonna, it'd be cool if I got to a point where, you know, I, I post a podcast and I get, you know, like a 1000 downloads in the first week. Like that would be from a podcasting perspective, my goal, you know, from a social media perspective, like, I don't know, on TikTok, honestly, my goal, and, and whether it's TikTok, YouTube, it's like all clash stuff. My goal is honestly just not to get burned out to the point that I decide I don't want to do it anymore because I do have a lot of fun with it. And I do feel like from the comments I get from other people that like, you know, I bring a lot of happiness and joy. People are, you know, people told me before, like, oh, you know, you're, you know, you do a good job. You keep working hard. You could do this full time. I'm like, I will never make enough money from clash content creation to replace my job like even if i become an exceptionally popular podcast youtube tiktok person like i have a really good job this has always just been about fun for me when there are times where it starts to feel like a job and what i'll do is i won't post any tiktoks for a couple days and i'll you know i'll i'll not enroll any of my bases in war recently i put almost all of my clan all my bases in my trample damage clan and i pulled them out of all the good guys clans except for like two or three accounts because i was like i'm feeling a little overloaded a little burned out a lot of stuff going on with my son going off to college and i need to take some time for myself and i don't ever want to find myself in the position where i feel so overloaded that i just quit so i guess my my biggest goal is figuring out how to continue walking the balance that i have such that i do not burn myself out mm, yeah that's a good point i know it, we just touched on it with the 30 plus accounts that I have and and now doing the podcast, I noticed that sometimes I have a tendency to do the same where it's I retreat a little bit, pull back, okay, take a breath, and then kind of re-energize and come back. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you do as well. Yeah. And you have a lot of bases. I mean, I know you, I think you war with your bases more than I do. Because in Shimmy Jig, I know you, I think I've seen before, you have quite a few that you'll spin into there. And they don't necessarily take forever. Because some of the lower town halls, like that stuff that, you know, us Clash veterans, we can do that with our eyes closed, right? Like town hall 10, 11, 12 attacks a lot of times. It's like, we'll make a good solid attack with just whatever army we happen to have handy. So some of those can go. I remember a YouTube video I did a long time ago. It's like a 10-person war. And I was like, I'm going to do a 10-person war in 10 minutes and I like put a timer on it and I just literally just went dump the troop and there were a lot of like sevens eights and nines in there as well but I was like dumped a bunch of troops dumped some spells closed the app went back in and I actually completed the war in 10 minutes so it's like they can go quick 
But at the same time, it's, you know, we're not normally doing stuff like that. We're normally taking a little bit longer in between, like clan capital can take a long time and it definitely adds up. It does. And and to your point, I don't even use half the uh, half of the accounts in war. They're just there for numbers. Um, <laughs> you know, I kind of have the ones that I, I like to use frequently and I'll use those. I, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate to have other clan mates with me that, and we have great synergy where we don't have to discuss a war strategy. We don't have to tell the other, go ahead and hit this. They just do it. And then I, I like the fact that I'm able to come up with so many accounts and just clean up or get us to another point on the war map where they're, you know, they kind of take over. So we have a really good thing going. So I just, I literally, I'll throw accounts down with heroes down, <laughs> things upgrading, and, and it just doesn't matter because it's like, I can just always skip it. So that's like the beauty of having so many accounts, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, because you um, know that when you do choose to wade in with one of those accounts, it's not going to be a terrible attack. It'll be a good attack. And it's not like, oh man, we shouldn't have even put C-Note in this war. It's like, even if like you can afford to skip some bases because you're, when you, the attacks that you make are going to be good legitimate attacks right right yeah we i mean and that goes along with the trust factor that you have with your clan mates where it's like okay i know c note or i know trample is going to get this base so i don't have to worry about it i'm just going to keep going up the map more accommodating with my town hall levels i don't have to dip down and worry about those so yeah i like i said i have great synergy i'm very fortunate to be in the position i am we don't win them all but we win we win a good share have you considered have you considered showcasing any other games other than Clash of Clans? When I first started making content creation stuff, I was just doing it on YouTube. My son got me started. Like, this is all his fault. He he wanted to do some YouTube stuff of something, and then he started doing what it was like Fortnite or something. And he's like, you should do stuff for Clash of Clans and Magic Arena, because I was playing on Arena a lot at the time. And so originally, my YouTube channel was going to be a combination of Arena stuff and Clash stuff. And then the Arena stuff takes even longer. And you know, Arena has the, like, the matches can take sometimes five, ten minutes, and then, like, when you lose, it's probably not, like, great content. So it's like, some of it was wasted. <laughs> and I didn't have a good microphone on my laptop, and it would, and my fan on my laptop was super loud. And so, like, during the course of the match, you would just hear the fan on the laptop running. So I, I was focusing more on the Clash stuff, and then it just continued from there. I think it'll it'll probably just stay Clash stuff for me, and if, you know, people have asked me before, like, hey, what would you do if Clash, you know, shut down? I'd like like I'd quit playing, obviously, and then I'd probably read a little more or I don't know, something. I think that if Clash shuts down at some point or, you know, it's uh, or if I do burn myself out, I don't I don't see myself switching to another game. I haven't established that kind of, you know, interactive persona that somebody say like that judo has established or some of these other big YouTubers where they feel like I think, you know, them. And so if they started playing something else, you might be interested in watching them on that other journey. I think m my stuff has been so thoroughly about clash mechanics and tutorials and guides and tips and tricks and how to do this, that if I jumped over to another game, I would have to sort of reinvent myself. And it would, I think I feel like I would almost be starting from the ground up and I could be totally wrong. Like perhaps I'm substantially more engaging. And if I just picked up another game and started doing videos or something on there, maybe everybody would come along for the ride. You know, the, the thought of getting so in-depth with another game kind of makes me a little nervous to where I, I don't know, I, I probably won't. No, I, I mean, there was no right or wrong answer there. <laughs> Although I, I will say that Supercell would probably be really sad if, if they, if you either left the game or they got rid of the game in hopes that you would go to another game that they have, such as Brawl Stars or Clash Royale or something like that, they'd probably be sad that you didn't start showcasing those games uh, in the absence of Clash. 
And and I for one would ask for a refund if they did get rid of the game for you know all the money I spent on the thirty two accounts I have. <laughs> Although you know, I, I, I hear it's non refundable because they put their kids in, through college based on what I spent. Yeah, no joke. I, you know, I I have had this this thought. You know, people used to ask me like, well, how bad would you feel if they stopped playing? I was like, it. I would feel as bad about it as I have felt about the money that I've spent going to the movies or going bowling over the years. Like to me, this is it is discretionary money that I spend on entertainment, and so. I'm I'm not personally. A lot of people feel differently. A lot of people are like I've spent so much money on this that's like mine, and they would be devastated or furious or some combination of the two if the game shut down. I think of it as money that I've been spending on entertainment all along, no differently than if I was paying to go to see a football game or going to pay to see a hockey game or a basketball game or a concert or whatever. And so for me, you know, of course it would suck, but the upside is ever since I started content creation, because I do get revenue from the creator program and from YouTube and from TikTok and from these different sources, to where I've I'm at least now net positive on the game, even with all the gold passes I give away and like all the stuff I try and get back to the community, I'm still net positive. So it's like, I'm in a, I'm in a more financially sound place than I was two years ago. Yeah, I can't say the same, but that's okay. As long as they like, <laughs> let me keep some of the trophies or lawn ornaments that I've collected over the years, I'm, I'll be okay. But I do like your perspective on it that you, you're right. It is, it is entertainment. It has kept me entertained for a decade now, so I can't really complain too much. Plus it really kind of caters to my impulsive side where it's like, I want this done now and I'll finish it with gems and, and or, you know, gem to get a book or whatever I need. Trample, I, I know you've you've heard my show on several occasions, and I know that every guest that comes on has to go through the 10 rapid-fire questions, and you are no exception, good sir. I, I will say that, you know, the first few are easy. We, we, we get you in nice and smooth, nice and easy, and then we get you into the tougher questions. Are you ready for these 10 questions, sir? Yes. I remember I there's one I prepped for, and then the rest of them I tried not to prep for. I'll tell you when we get there. Well, yeah, you know, if, if you are an avid listener of the show, you will notice that there are a couple of questions that never leave the 10, and I try to mix up the others, but, uh, you know, people are getting hip to my questions, so it's getting harder to come up with them. All right, so number one, if one of these products were on the stock market, which would you invest in? Gemit, Rage Quit? Or Clash Vision glasses? I would invest in Clash Vision glasses. I think it is a phenomenal product and it is a very positive product. It is something that is that is forward looking. It is something that I think shows great vision. And I believe there will be a long term future investing in Clash Vision. Yes, I like the way you think. And it's good for all ages, you know, for kids that were born sight challenges to all the way up to 80 year old 90 year old people that need glasses um, i can't see the air sweeper grandma neither can i <laughs> that makes two of us all right um what is your favorite troop in the game hog rider hands down always has been since the very first time i trained hog riders at town hall seven and had a herd of them hit a double giant bomb and vaporize i was like i'm gonna do this better next time i just i honestly here's what it is i feel like the hog rider is like when i play chess i'm like i tend to trade pieces because i'm i'm better at end game because there are fewer variables and i'm good at calculating i think what's going to happen hog riders to me feel the same way it feels like a formula because i know where they're going to go they're going to go for the defenses i can clean up all the other trash later and as long as I take out those those few primary things, then my hog riders will uh, work with me, and I love the hog rider. Mm, okay, so yeah, you really do love the Grom Stomp. Oh yes. All right. Question three. I am deathly afraid of. This is the one I prepped for. 
So here's what I'll say. Everybody like, you know, if I was like, I don't know, tied up on a train track and there was like a a train made of axe murdering psychos coming to run me over with their axes and stuff. Of course, in that moment, I would experience fear in the same way that I would experience fear if somebody kidnapped one of my dogs or my loved one or if somebody said there's a bomb about to go off in the building. There are those things like all of us would feel fear about. I honestly feel like the only thing that that legitimately scares me is death. I am not a religious person. And so in my mind, when I'm gone, there is nothing. And that completely unnerves me. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable when I think about it. That is that is the thing that I am scared of. I am terrified of dying. Wow, I think you just terrified all my listeners. By saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get all dark and dismal. <laughs> and to your point, I think there's a movie somewhere in there with your descriptions in the beginning. Axe murderers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a movie definitely to be had in there. All right. I blank Dragon Cliffs and Capital Raids. I try to get it down in two hits with rocket balloons, knowing that 70% of the time it will not work. <laughs> okay. Well, so you cling to that 30% then. I do. And I'm, I'm excited. I mean, most of my clan capital stuff is it's all in my trample damage clan. So like, I don't have anybody that I'm like competing with or trying to impress my, the thing I've met with the most consistent success with, I've seen a lot of people do really well with the, the balloon barrels and the inferno dragons, but mm-hmm. my strategy is to ignore the super dragons. I just bomb through the defenses. I use a couple barbarians and a couple of rams to get the walls open so that my rocket balloons can get to stuff. I use graveyard spells to help try to distract the super dragons. But I will say at least 90% of the time that I have taken down a dragon cliffs with two hits, I have done it without killing a single dragon. Every now and then, there'll be a layout where I'll tweak my army and I'll bring in like a few archers or I'll bring in an inferno dragon to take one specific super dragon out. But almost every single time, I don't kill a single super dragon because all I'm bringing are rams, rocket balloons, and the barbarians. Sometimes the air skellies will just get lucky and manage to kill the super dragon while it's like chasing a ground barbarian or a gra- I mean like ground skeleton or a barbarian but I just ignore them and try and go that route okay well to all the listeners I hope you were writing that down because that was just good for advice right there <laughs> <laughs> all right so if, if if you could go anywhere in the world where would it be I'm so boring I I don't know I would ask my wife and see what she wants right now this is like I'm I'm such a sap I'd go to Virginia and I'd visit my son unless my wife was like we're gonna see him for Thanksgiving why did you pick Virginia <laughs> then I'd I don't know. I'd, I'd pick somewhere she'd probably like to go. Somewhere my my wife would love to travel. So anywhere outside the U.S., I think she'd be super excited about. Maybe not like Somalia. Maybe you know somewhere more quintessential tourist trappy type of stuff. I I want my wife to enjoy uh, as much as she can in life. And I'm super boring. Like she is the fire, the passion, the excitement in our lives. Like if it was me, we would never go out to eat. We would never go out to see movies. We would never go on vacations. Like we would never do anything exciting outside the house because I'm super comfortable just chilling at home. Either Virginia to go see my son again or to wherever my wife wants to go. Wow, you just summed up my life in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see Supercell come out with... I would like to see Supercell come out with... You know what? And I actually... So I, I recently recorded... I, it was yesterday or the day before I finished... I didn't edit it yet. My, my most recent podcast episode. And it's all about clan capital stuff. Uh, I would like more single housing space spells for the clan capital. It annoys me at Capital Hall 10, because I'll usually make a couple of clan capital hits in the good guys. That's our main clan. Most of them are in trample damage. And it drives me nuts that I'm making an attack that has absolutely nothing to do with needing a lightning spell. Um, And I bring Mm. a lightning spell. 
Because that's the only other thing. Like, I would love to see them either add some new spells to take one space or do like they did years ago. Like, the free spell used to be two spaces in the Mm -hmm. main base. And then they said, you know what? Nobody's using it. Let's make it two spaces. And they can do whatever they need to do. Chop up the free spell, make it smaller, or the frost spell, make it smaller. Add a haste type of spell, you know, add a skeleton type of spell or a bat spell, or chop the jump spell up and make it a smaller radius. I mean, I something that lets me do something other than a lightning. So then a single lightning spell, which feels so useless. Well, if we're talking about making things relative, maybe we could add Lassie and the Yak over to the capital raid side. <laughs> it would make it more, more relevant to the game, right? instead of just yeah. giving it more levels. <laughs> I, up- I actually upgraded. I did I did it to annoy people. The first two upgrades I made when Town Hall 15 got its second half update in June, I maxed Lassie and my king first. And it was like super funny and everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. And I wish I hadn't because now I have five levels of Lassie that I never used. I actually thought I'm going to make this thing relevant. And it just always felt inferior to nearly any other pet that I could put on the king. So then I was like, well, it was cute for a minute, but it's like, and I didn't spend very much money on that update. I was like super busy at the time. So I was like, I'll just grind for a little while. It'll give me something to do. I won't finish as quickly. And then I was like, I regret that roughly million or more dark elixir that I spent on that stupid metal dog. <laughs> and I did notice in your in the previous episode that you were kind of trying to hype up Lassie. It was kind of met with crickets, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought, you know, five more levels, it's got and look, it does have good stats. And I, you know, but this is, it's, you know, normal life, right? We face trade-offs. That's so like one of the right. one of the principles in this world. There's like, a, there is an opportunity cost to everything. And the opportunity cost of putting Lassie on the king is usually not having Frosty or not having the Phoenix. And they're both really, I actually, if I had to do do over again, and I was going to pick one of the older troops, I think the Yak is actually more beneficial because there are lots of times where you can flat out save a wall breaker and those X or a super wall breaker, you know, so the extra eight housing spaces is almost like the added benefits stacked on top and mm. uh, that sometimes can give you even more mileage out of the king than the phoenix because sometimes wall breaker fail or something and then the king just takes a lap around the outside of the base and oh then he dies and he can keep running around the outside for eight more seconds being completely ineffective for a longer period of time and then the <laughs> only the, the only target now for the air defenses is the phoenix and good job it took out an elixir storage versus if I had the yak on there, King maybe could have done a lot more. That's a really, really good point. Yeah. All right. So maybe we keep the yak and just give her a lassie onto the red capital. <laughs> um, lassie will be the mascot of the clan capitals. Exactly. Yeah. She has a purpose at that point. Trample, when no one's home, you've been known to... Gosh, I'm so boring. I, I read and I've been playing Diablo lately. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not that exciting when when my wife is home i'm usually like i'm good for like two hours and then when she's been gone for more than two hours i'm like there's nothing to do <laughs> like and then <laughs> i just want her to come home so you're climbing the walls at that point right yeah i would eliminate blank in clash of clans if i had the ability to oh i would eliminate blank and there are so many things that i would potentially you know what i'll actually keep it a little bit more simple i'm gonna go back to clan capital i would eliminate the you know how like each week it'll show you like who leads in the gold acquisition within the clan it kind of like ranks us ordinarily like oh this person had the most gold i would somehow switch that to some other measure and i think the measure might be something like stars achieved or something because what happens is we all run into that stuff where it's like there's a district sitting at 98 percent, and it's like you're gonna finish that off and like oh i had to run uh i'll finish it later and it's like we're all just sitting there waiting i i don't like that ranking which naturally we feel like we're better if we are near the top 
top of the ranking. I don't like stuff like that, that in the clan can make people almost work in a non-clan, non-team fashion. And I think that the clan capital gold as the measure each weekend of who did the best is actually antithetical to the notion of clan capital being a team thing. Okay, that's that's fair. Funny story. I was in a clan not too long ago. Somebody was like, somebody got like 94% and one of the co-leaders or the leader was like, hey man, you're going to, you're going to finish that up. Oh, that was my last attack. And so like a minute went by and all of a sudden you see the co-leader, right? You know, we can see how many attacks you got in, right? (laughs) I was just rolling laughing and needless to say that that person didn't last too much longer after that statement. (laughs) Um, But that you're right. That is a legitimate gripe. And, and one that is really pointed out by that statistic. Get that top spot. It's kind of a catch-22, I believe, because you want to keep people engaged. And there's a lot of competitive people out there that measure their success by statistics. On the other hand, those same competitive people are the ones that leave 98% on a base and go to the next one because they can get more points. Yep. I've seen a lot of people, they'll do like, especially at Capital Hall 10, they'll do like two hits on three districts and get them to like 96% and then all six of their attacks are used. And then somebody else has to come through and clean up three of them. And it's like, uh Seriously. And the thing that bothers me more than anything, it's not even that, you know, they're being unfairly praised or benefited from looking like the best. It's that somebody else only has six attacks they're able to use for the weekend. All of us, for the most part, can clear a district in three hits. You know, some people don't take it quite as seriously. They get the four hits. But like, I should be able to play at least two districts really start to finish if I wanted to with my six attacks. And if I have to waste one of them cleaning up, it's like, ah, okay, well, I had to waste one of them cleaning up. But then presumably I get to stomp another district and then get two out of the three hits on something else to where I almost sort of had that full experience. It's just that the the third cleanup hit that I was going to make against one of the two that I started instead was maybe made against one that you couldn't finish off in three hits or whatever. And so it's like, I, I think the thing that I don't love about it is that we have only six attacks we can make, at least uh, maybe not you and me, but other people have six attacks they can make. It feels unfair for someone to unduly rob their clanmates of the joy of only making you only get six a week and it's like you know i would rather people have an opportunity to have some fun with those excellent point i i totally agree all right so this next question is going to kind of hit home here trample coke were not available i would drink blank I, I would drink dr pepper i actually i'm so sappy i i love my family like my family is what keeps me motivated i love my kids i love my wife like they're amazing and my son having just gone off to school like he had left me with some dr pepper at home and so i've been drinking his dr pepper i would i would i would drink dr pepper if coke was not available so no Pepsi, huh? <laughs> I mean, probably not. I, you know what it is? I, I actually, I drank Pepsi for a while when I was younger. And I think when I was like 19 or 20, Vanilla Coke came out. And I switched to drinking Vanilla Coke. And after, because Vanilla Coke was like, they went through like a sunset phase with Vanilla Coke back in like 2002 or three where they weren't making it anymore. And I had been so used to drinking Vanilla Coke that I was, when I went to go back to Pepsi, I was like, oh, it, like it, it feels different than it used to. And then I drank regular Coke and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is like vanilla Coke adjacent. And so it's like actually vanilla Coke's fault that I switched from drinking Pepsi to Coke in the first place. And then now Pepsi has like a, I don't know, it's just a, a different flavor profile. It's like, you know, like I think people are used to eating like, oh, my mom's spaghetti is the best. You eat somebody else's spaghetti and you're like, it's still spaghetti. And it's a lot of people love it and there's merit to it. It just has a a slightly different flavor profile to it that I don't really prefer. That's a good way to stay politically correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last question is extra spicy. uh All right. I frequently blank in the shower. 
I frequently sing in the shower. Now, that doesn't surprise me, considering (laughs) your songs that you come up with. The only time I don't is, like, if my wife is in the room, then I don't, because I have the music in order to be able to hear it over the sound of the shower. Like, I'll take my iPhone and I'll put music on my iPhone, and it's just, like, blaring on speaker or whatever on my iPhone. And if she's in the bedroom... It's so loud echoing out of the bathroom and into the bedroom that I think it's annoying to her if the music is up that loud. And she'll be like, oh, can you turn that down? And then I turn it down and then I can't really hear it that well in the shower. So it's like, I may as well not even listen to it. But so I do I, I do like to sing. And my, my favorite, favorite music to sing is almost anything by the band Bare Naked Ladies, one of my absolute favorite bands. You know, now that you mention it, your voice kind of goes in line with the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> like I could totally see you singing with them just based on, you know, the voice, your voice. You just made my day. That's a good thing, right? I mean, you, you were aspiring to have a good day. I made that happen. You're welcome. Sold. <laughs> Sold. All right. Well, Trample, you survived the 10 rapid questions. You get 10 million points that get you absolutely nothing, but you did survive the 10 questions. And we're going to hop out of the questions and we're going to hop right into events that are coming up in the Clash community, per se. K Farm, I just got done. K Farmhouse with the CFF just celebrated their 600th war win. And I have to tell you, I was absolutely zero help because uh, <laughs> I know what, what we talked about where my time, I, I was super busy at work, super busy trying to uh, do other things in Clash. I was I was in jeopardy of missing war hits. And then uh, my friend Darth Yoda DM'd me with like half an hour left. He's like, oh, hey, thanks for putting our event on your uh, server. Oh, by the way, you got half an hour to get two attacks in. And I'm like, oh, geez. so I, you know, I got on. I did probably two of the worst attacks. I probably. <laughs> shamed Grom out of his Grom stomp attack because it was so bad. But they did get the 600th win, so I was able to sneak under the fence and get out of there with, you know, my tail tucked between my legs. But uh, the next event I wanted to talk about was your event. You came up with an event. It's going to happen this weekend. I'll let you uh, let you tell us about it. Yes, this weekend we are going to be armless, but not harmless. So I, I started doing these like, you know, I, I, I just called them special event wars because I don't know what else I would call them. Uh, we did one back in December. We called it the one star extravaganza where the goal was, you know, if you get two stars like that attack doesn't count. And it was actually really funny seeing some of the people who were talking trash. Well, that's so easy. And then a couple people got two stars. <laughs> it was like, it was kind of funny, but I, I decided I wanted to try and do some of these things just cause you know, we've, for those of us that have been in them, they're kind of fun. You know, they're like quirky, they're engaging. It normally brings people across from, you know, multiple clan families or from, you know, multiple walks of life in terms of like, there's podcast people there. There's people that aren't involved in social media at all. They're just like friends of the community. I I'm always trying to come up with ideas that aren't like super simple, and so like last month we did slim down for summer where you couldn't use any troops that were over 10 housing space and this month we're doing armless like you know weapons like a call to arms troops that do not use weapons and i've had people try and convince me that i was wrong about which troops i've said are okay to use i had somebody try to convince me that wall breakers are okay because it's not a weapon i'm like it's a bomb like what (laughs) what is it if not and then they were like well super wall breakers should be fine because they're not carrying them 
time. I'm like, none of my stuff used the word carry. I just said troops that don't use weapons. And then I gave a very clear list. These are the troops that can't use weapons. It's all just for fun. And, you know, I normally I'll start off just like post something on my Discord server like, hey, here's the event. And then I'll run back through the day before and just start spamming people like, if you want to sign up, it's the last day. Because inevitably tomorrow afternoon after we've already spun, I'll get responses from like seven people going, is it too late to sign up? And I'm like, yes, it is. Sorry. They're like, tell me earlier next time. I'm like, I can't chase you, but I'll try. <laughs> for those of you that are still questioning troops, the Black Knight from Monty Python's The Holy Grail is acceptable because... He has both his arms cut off, so he is technically armless. And harmless. <laughs> and I'm right. Although he does threaten to bite your kneecaps. I was going to um, say, he's got, a, he's got a mouth on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you miss signups for that, you are too late because the event is already closed, and we are about to embark on that event as of tomorrow, I believe, correct? Yes, tomorrow. Yes. Okay, yes. Keep your eyes and ears open for Trample's events. I was in the Slim Down for Summer event. It was a ton of fun. I'm in this one now that's about to happen tomorrow or war is declared tomorrow. It promises to be a ton of fun. You get to meet a bunch of fun people. Trample hands out autographs. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Get out in... If you're not already, get in Trample's Discord server, sign up for these events. They happen every, averaging like every other month lately, And uh, but they promise to be a ton of fun. Mentioning my clan, Shimmy Jig, they, we are coming up on the 100th war win. We're actually at 98 right now. And Very cool. The war that we're in right now is looking promising. Uh, I can't guarantee anything, but it's looking promising. We're probably going to hold off since CWL is right around the corner. Probably going to hold off so I can organize, get some friends over, have a little bit of party to celebrate and go for the 100th win. Everybody should keep their eyes and ears open in my server for signups or, you know, you can DM me however you want to do it. Just let me know that you're interested. I'm probably only going to have limited seating, probably maybe 25, possibly 30 at most, because I do have people in there already that will probably want to participate. But if you're not doing anything, Anything and you see the signups, hop in and Trample will give you an autograph there too. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and then the final event uh, I wanted to talk about was um, the, the aforementioned Darth Yoda. He is having a fall 5v5 scrim event and it's on se- starts September 29th. I believe, if I read that correctly, the event will be streamed. Well, it's actually a series of events because you're going to be going 5v5 kind of tournament style, but they're quick hits, they're quick, they're timed. So I think each match lasts around 15 minutes or so. Yoda, if I'm misquoting that, I apologize, and I'll correct it on my next podcast. But uh, it starts on September 29th. You need a team of at least five. They prefer like six to seven just in case, you know, for subs or whatever. So if you're interested in something like that, hop in the CFF server, sign your team up, get involved. It, I, I didn't do it last time, and I regret it because it was a ton of fun. I got to watch it. So uh, if you're have the time available, sign up for it. You'll have a good time. And I don't know if Trample will give you an autograph for that, but we'll see. Only if we Uh, win, which means we will not be giving any autographs. (laughs) Winners don't give autographs. (laughs) Trample, we had a chance to visit a clan this week. The clan is called Blood Arrow. I was a little scared when I saw the clan name. It's like, wow, I bet these guys are like super scary. I, you know, and I owe you an apology because I threw probably like three names at you. You're like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm literally hopping around because I'm like, do you want to visit? Do you want to visit? And finally, uh, to give you a little backstory, EAB, Every Attack is Beautiful. He was a feature, his clan, Slice of Life, was a feature on my podcast not too long ago. He hit me up. He's in another clan now, obviously called Blood Arrow. Said, hey, man, I'd love to make you, you know, come in, make a visit here do a pod on us the guys are excited about it 
come on over. I said, yeah, sure. Give me a little time. I got a couple of people ahead of you, but I'll, I'll hit you up after CWL. Well, I'm messaging you saying, oh, we're going here. Oh, scratch that. We're going here. Not realizing that I had promised EAB that we would come over. So we ended up at Blood Arrow. I'm going to throw out a little bit of statistics here. Uh, it's a level 25 clan, 42 members. War record of 773 and 315, four ties, which is pretty impressive. Very uh, solid. USA, oh, yeah, for sure. It's a USA English-speaking clan uh, looking for active players, ter- Town Hall 13 and above. They are in Masters 3 and CWL. Their clan leader is Seabass, which I found hilarious because I love the movie <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> uh, they do have trophy requirements, so you may want to keep that in mind. Uh, they have 3,200 main village trophies, 2,000 builder base trophies, which I find absolutely asinine because nobody does builder base. Use both attacks in war. They obviously require you to donate. I'm assuming that they also require you to do clan games and capital raids. So uh, although that's not listed, I think they ran out of things to... Uh, or the wording to write in their clan description. Um, but I did get a chance to meet Whiskey Beach, and ironically, he is he is super active. And I did get a chance to meet, it, it's almost like his counterpart, Whiskey Neat, um, who actually came into the clan about the same time you and I did, uh, Trample. Uh, did you get a chance to... I, I will admit the clan is kind of quiet. So I, I don't know if you had the chance to speak to anybody. So I, that's what I was going to say. Like in a very, very non-disrespectful way, the, it is a quiet clan. And it feels like I think about the the main clan in, in my clan family, the good guys. There are times people have come to visit and they're like, you guys don't really chat that much. I'm like, I feel like we're like the grizzled war veterans. And it's like, you know, what you <laughs> described before in Shimmy Jig of the way that you guys just kind of seamlessly flow through the wars, just kind of like knowing what other people are going to do. And I think of these like, you know, like Navy SEAL teams or something, you know, because we have to be cooler than people that play a mobile game. But like these like Navy SEAL teams that like they know each other so well, they're like one simple hand gesture and like the whole squad knows what they're doing. And I feel like they're probably a little bit more of that speed where it's like they're just kind of used to each other and they like to play the game and they're not necessarily on there for the social aspect, but they're more on there for the clan aspect, the war aspect, the raiding, the looting, the development, all things that we love about the game, but just that they probably are a clan where the social piece of it isn't quite as important as it is to some other players yeah that's a good point and i know a lot of people when you say a podcaster's coming to watch our clan everybody goes in the closet and all you see is eyeballs looking out for like three four days so (laughs) i know some people are very shy some people are protective of their personal lives or whatever and i get it and that's totally fine i do wish that i had the opportunity to speak to more uh people but i did get a chance like i said to speak to whiskey beach and then uh whiskey neat uh was also like i said a new member and he was extremely talkative i talked to him a a couple times. Uh, someone that I know you got a chance to not really talk to, but mock um, kind of <laughs> friendly uh, is Useless Celery. I, I know Useless Celery oh. from my previous visit. And I got a kick out of you uh, saying more Useless Celery. <laughs> There was, you know, because it was a couple, I don't know how many, how many accounts that person has, but, you know, I want to say there were at least a couple and they're all, they're, they're like numbered, right? It's like mm-hmm. a long time ago, I tried doing that at one point. I was like, this will be trample damage seven. And I'm like, that just looks dumb. They're all just trample damage. Like, and then, then it confuses people because they're like, can you bring your, you know, town hall 12 trample damage? I'm like, which one? The one that's max or the one that's almost max? <laughs> Is that trample damage six or trample damage seven? <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I know how that goes. I started naming some of my accounts C-Note because... 
part of the reason I have multiple accounts is that I can do events. But then I noticed that when you go to events and you have a different name, nobody knows who you are. So I started yep. changing the names on some of my accounts to Sino, or I'd change a symbol here or a capital letter there just to let them know, okay, it's me. You know, like you can call me C-Note or C or whatever you want to call me. You're right. I don't want to have 32 C-Notes because that's just dumb. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really wish they were a little more talkative than they were. It is It was a great pleasure seeing EAB. I consider him a friend. Uh, I love watching his attacks. I know you uh, got a chance to watch him as well. And I, I can't remember if you featured one, but we'll we'll dive into that. Actually, right now, we're going to dive into, uh, into the war reviews. Um, I'm going to go over War 1 real quick. We lost, unfortunately, 63 to 61. It was a close one, though. Uh, I went with, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce this, so... If I do, I apologize if, if the person that I'm mispronouncing actually listens to this podcast is one of the six people. Um, Artemu, Artem, it's O-R-T-A-M-U, Artemu. It was a 15v15. Uh, he did a warden walk at 3 o'clock, Yeti and a flame flinger at 6 o'clock, Ice Golem at 4.30, E-Titan, Bowlers, Witches Behind, and then the warden met with the troops, obviously, once it got done with its little walk, and they worked their way through the sneaky walls because there was some sneaky walls leading up to the core. He actually dead-ended, but he had a jump spell to get over the first set of walls. And the troops and heroes move in almost like in a half moon shape to kind of just, it was kind of a natural funnel by doing that. Queen made it to the town hall and uh, he used his invis spell to keep her alive while she got the town hall down. And the beauty of that is that she never got hit by the poison. She kept walking right around the wall. And then Queen got the town hall, walked around, walked around the poison. Warden and the witches cleaned up the opposite side of the half moon. And it was it was kind of an easy triple, but I, I wanted to feature it because he's using troops that I love to use. Ice Golem, witches, bowlers. And it wasn't like super bowlers. It was just regular bowlers. And it's it was a super spammy attack. I, I loved watching it. I love the creativity of it. I love the fact that he brought an busy spell he knew you know he was going to need it for something he put it in there i love how he did the warden walk he was very patient and then allowed his troops to walk in a little bit before he you know the warden he got the warden switch and the healers came over with that so he mowed the lawn with the base or he mowed the lawn with the attack i should say and uh, i was an easy triple what do you got for war one there trample i have a much easier to pronounce name Fracture Hammer. So Fracture Hammer was a Town Hall 13, and we have all seen various types of, you know, super archer blimps, you know, a lot of people wind up calling them Sarch. So a Sarch Hydra attack, and it was a Town Hall 13 Sarch Hydra. And what I, reason I chose this attack, because I thought it was something I hadn't seen before. Normally when people start the super archer blimp with the Grand Warden and they're going to tome the blimp on its way to the Town Hall, normally what do people put out in front of the blimp? They put out balloons. Mm -hmm. And this was different because this this attack, Fracture Hammer put out a couple of dragons. Put a, it was like three dragons and then the blimp with the warden. They you know they start moving in toward the base, tome the warden to protect the blimp all the way to the town hall, and then you know, kicks into the super archers and they annihilate a huge portion of the core. But what I thought was really unique about this and, and actually has me intrigued by this is the warden didn't just, you know, like the balloons normally they destroy a few defenses and then they get shredded and they go down because they're just out there by themselves with nothing tanking. And then the warden is usually Usually just like floating there by himself and usually gets picked off by something while he's hanging out by himself. But 
because there were dragons there and the dragons were invincible, they didn't run as deep into the base as the balloons will do since they're just chasing the defenses. But the dragons actually stayed there tanking for the Grand Warden. So then after the super archer blimp portion of the of the attack, it went into a Hydra where this all came from like the 2.30 to 3 o'clock position. And it really cleaned out that whole, you know, it'd be like the east quadrant essentially of the base, the 3 o'clock quadrant. And then the rest of the Hydra came in from the bottom. And it had almost like a Lalo-ish feel where the balloons were deployed somewhat surgically with a dragon rider in front of them and then the balloon and then the other dragons behind them. From there, the base went down pretty quickly. But it was a very unique approach for me to see dragons being used essentially to tank for the Super Archer blimp. And that was impressive enough to warrant being featured as my coolest attack in the war that I did not get to participate in. That's right. Yeah. A little a little backstory there. I arrived early. I was talking to EAB and I think it was a Saturday night. Now you had said, I'll be there by Monday. And I said, okay, that's fine. I just wanted to get an account over there just to have a presence. So I didn't plan on doing much. And EAB comes to me and he says, should we do a war? I said, well, that's up to you. I said, Trample's not coming till Monday. You can do a, if you do a war, you got to do it now. That way when Trample comes, you know, your war will be ending and we can just pick up from there. So nothing was said after that. So I'm like, okay, I guess they decided against a war. Come Sunday here, you, you, you decided to come over a little earlier, which is fine. And at that point, I didn't, there was no war declared that I knew of, you know, but I I hadn't been on recently, so I didn't know for sure. So you come in and all of a sudden you send me a message saying, did I get my time screwed up or was something different? What's wrong here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, I'm not in the first war. I'm like, wait, what? And I get on and looked and they had declared maybe what, 10 minutes before you came. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, this is already an epic fail. Okay. Well, you know, it didn't work out the way I planned, but um you know, you were in there at least to see the first war. And who knows, and it was, probably would have made up those two stars that we lost by. Yeah, either that or my base would have dragged the weight down somehow, and then we would have gotten defeated by seven. All right, so War 2 went a little better, Trample. We won 66 to 62, and I'd like to think in part that you were actually in this war, and that made the difference. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> the deciding factor. So for War 2, I went with a name that I could probably pronounce, Gustav. It was kind of a reach. He was a 14 going against a 15 but the 15 was really was wasn't really rushed but it was rushed nonetheless you know it still had some town hall 14 defenses i did love the attack so i had to showcase it he went with three golems right and this is very near and dear to my heart because this is what i refer to as the smash and grab attack from like town hall 13 days he went with three golems he deployed them from 12 o'clock to three o'clock witches behind the golems spread out so the the golems are tanking for the witches right away and then he um and they're also clearing trash he went with a log launcher in at about roughly 12 30 ish king queen and warden in at two o'clock and then he used the sneaky walls to walk in so his heroes actually got in front of the log launcher which was perfect because the t- the king was tanking so it and he didn't have to use his warden tome right away and then he had two pekkas come in behind the log launcher what i really loved was that he used eight bat spells released in a lower corner compartment with a single inferno. And then he deployed the RC in roughly at 11 o'clock. So the bla- the bats cleaned the right side. And, and this is kind of a, you have to picture a diamond base. The bats cleaned the right side. The heroes walked to the left side. <clears throat> the RC went down the middle. The bats got the monolith in the center, which was key. Because you know as well as I do, a monolith will wreck your attack very quickly. And he saved the Warden Tome. I was most impressed with his patience with the Warden Tome. He saved it until the end uh, where the heroes and troops reached the last compartment, which was where the town hall was. 
And Town Hall 15 is Town Hall 15. It's still devastating. And so he was able to get the last compartment under a tome which included the town hall for a three-star. Um, he went pretty much the length of the base in doing so, which is courageous enough in itself. But I really love the fact that he he did this attack using a t- an attack strategy I'm very familiar with, but he added a little twist to it with the bats and the RC, helping to clean, get some of the defenses so that his main heroes, the King, Queen, and Warden, and his kill squad, witches, went right through the base. And really, essentially, they weren't untouched, but they they caught very little fire. Which made this attack successful. Very so, nice. Kudos to Gustav. Yes. What did you uh, What did you have for your second attack? Or I'm sorry, your War Two attack. So I went with your homeboy EAB, which is cool to know what it stands for. You said every attack is beautiful. I love it. I was <laughs> watching. I we were so we were in Richmond. We were shopping at. I think my son was. We were getting him a new pair of Vans because he likes Vans, and I was watching the attack. He actually made almost all of his attacks back-to-back, and it was the Sarch Hydra attack, so Town Hall 15 versus 15. And as we were walking through this, it's kind of like an outdoor mall. I'm just watching because he was going basically one attack after the other, and I watched four attacks in a row. Three of them were triples, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And it's the kind of thing that like you watch it happen, and you're like, I got to do this because this base, but this attack apparently is like 75% triple rate. And you know, and then you try it and you get a one-star or something, but it was really <laughs> cool. This particular one, and I could have done any one of them, and I actually am going to do like of the bases that I these attacks that I'm featuring I'll make a TikTok on them also just so that you know maybe like as a a, you know as an extra dimension for listeners you could you know maybe check out some of the attacks and I didn't know which ones you were going to pick otherwise I could have recorded those too but this specific one it's like a proper ring base you know like the you know there's like an inner layer and an outer layer and went with a super archer blimp from the very bottom early tome and caught the tornado trap right away and I remember watching this going this attack's going nowhere. This isn't going to wind up doing very well. And it just barely lasted long enough to get over the last wall into the inner core of the base. And it landed right on top of the monolith. And I think it was two, I think it was like spell towers that it landed on. So like super bomb, no no double giant bomb, no giant bombs to take out the super archers. And it absolutely gutted the core. You know, it's like the exact thing that you want to see when you catch like the most heavy value Sarch. It got one of the two scatter shots, both spell towers, two of the inferno towers, uh, the the monolith, the town hall, and a couple other, maybe like air sweepers, just some other stuff, but absolutely gutted the core. And I want to say it was at 36%, 38%, somewhere in that neighborhood before starting the balance of the attack. And in a lot of ways, this is like the super, the, the super archer blimp titan attack that we've seen, these titan smash super archer blimp attacks. Basically the same thing, a little bit of detritus down in the bottom portion of the base where the Grand Warden actually stayed up, uh, sent one dragon to clean up a few of those buildings, and then the rest of the base was just like a perfect boomerang shape and the king and queen came in at nine o'clock the rest of the dragons and dragon riders came in from the top and the thing that i love about it and this is what i will say a lot of people i wind up recommending to people that if they want to get better with their attacks practice attacks without using your royal champion and i know it sounds dumb but for a lot of attacks i think people waste the rc they throw her in with all the rest of their troops and she doesn't kind of have like an assignment of her own because the the royal champion particularly paired with diggy is able oftentimes to get down six seven eight defenses unless she encounters one of the enemy heroes and even Mm. then if you send send a headhunter with her she can get past that hero as well but this attack the royal champion was used beautifully you know king and queen are coming in from nine o'clock the dragons and dragon riders coming in from roughly 10 o'clock 
o'clock. Royal Champion came in from like a little bit to the right-hand side of the 12 o'clock position, and she ended up just sweeping down and taking out a ton of the defenses ahead of the Dragons getting there. And by the time the Dragons came through, the Dragons encountered almost none of the defenses because the Royal Champion with that, you know, sort of portion of the base being gutted, almost like just what you were describing with the bats and the Royal Champion coming on the back end, the RC was so well-placed and I was super impressed. It's a great attack that you can use, especially if you're good at funneling your super dragon, I mean, funneling your dragons, but that super archer blimp, if you can land it right on top of a couple of defenses that are next to each other, particularly the high value ones, it will be beautiful. The bases were laid out, so good base recognition by EAB picking out a couple of bases where that super archer blimp could get a lot of value, and they just got completely shredded. In less than two minutes, like, everything just went down so fast. This just in, EAB is is really good. <laughs> Every time I see him, he's tripling something, and a funny side story, Trample, and, and you'll get a kick out of this. I, I had to leave fairly quickly because I had to get to an event, um, the K Farmhouse event that I had mentioned before. I kind of had to leave abruptly. So I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to EAB. And so he DMs me and he said, you know, I didn't realize till after he left that that was the Trample damage. <laughs> I said, yeah, that was the trample damage. He's like, oh my God, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah. So I'm sure he'll be thrilled if you feature his uh, attack on TikTok. He'll be over the moon. It's funny you mention that because I'm so you like, you know, I think of like the big creators, you know, I think of people like, you know, Judo or Clash Bashing or Kenny Joe or Carbon Finn or Itsu or Eric, like the, you know, I'm, I'm primarily the English speaking ones. Cause like I know Sumit 007 has like more subscribers than anybody, I think, except Judo. And like there are a lot of other uh, content creators that are have huge followings. And I've met a lot of them through the creator program, like super cool people. But, you know, I think of the ones that I can understand what I'm watching because I'm, you know, sadly, I am unilingual. So, but these, <laughs> these content creators, they're so recognizable and so well known that I, I don't think of myself at all. Like I, I kind of jokingly say like, I feel like I'm like at the, at the kids table at Thanksgiving and it's like, you know, all the adults are at the, the adult table. But it's funny when I run into people sometimes, like there's somebody I met a, one of my clan mates is Seaman, exceptional attacker. And he's done some clan war leagues like in champ one with like, you know, didn't they and some other like really recognizable pro attackers and i met some of the people who run the clan where he was doing one of the clan war leagues and i was you know i joined one of their servers and we were chatting and one day uh just a couple days ago one of them was like oh my god i had no idea you were actually like the trample damage i was like it still shocks me to hear people think of me as being something other than you know at best trample damage let alone like the actual person because I, I think i failed to recognize like how I'm I'm more well known, I think, than I probably recognize. And so like hearing that kind of stuff always makes me like, yeah, man, I'm cool. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know just by having you on my show, you immediately uh, thrust me into at least 10 more cool points on my podcast. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I feel the same. But he did mention, EAB did mention that uh, he, he watches your TikTok videos. I, so it'll be a pleasant surprise when he tunes into TikTok to see his own video being broadcasted. That will be cool. Yeah, I'll have for to, sure. I'll have to like... I'll, I'll at least I'll let you know when um, when I post them. I'll try and time it to like when uh, I normally only post like one a day. So, but I'll try and time it to like when you have this podcast episode ready to go. I'll like have one of them go, and then probably the next day and the day after that. So that would be really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be he'll be thrilled. On to War Three, and we met with another loss, unfortunately, seventy nine seventy three. I went with Phantom Fighter, not quite as good as your voice, but I tried. Uh, so I don't usually. <laughs> I don't usually feature a dip. In this case, 
it was a 15 versus 14. However, uh, Phantom Fighter was a fresh 15. Like he still had pretty much all, you know, the only thing that was really 15 was his town hall. I didn't really consider this a dip per se, but he went I in agree with, with his, Yes. I went, he went in, excuse me. I didn't do anything <laughs> again. Uh, Super Archer Blimp. Uh, he had the loons, as you, as you mentioned, he had the loons lead in front of the blimp and his Sarch got like crazy good value. He got 30% on a Sarch, including the scatter, two expos, two infernos, and the town hall. He also managed to lure the CC, which he almost had with the super archers, with an E-Titan. So in doing so, the blimp pulled the CCs, essentially killed his, you know, his CC troops, the super archers. And then he literally had an a E-Titan coming in for roughly like 530-ish. The E-Titan took care of the two witches in the ice golem. He sued the heroes in at nine o'clock um, and cleaned up pretty much the center which really wasn't much left. And then he came in with a Lalo at 3.30, cleaned all the way up to 12 o'clock with the Warden and the RC. He had Sneaky Gobs for cleanups and Minions, which pretty much picked off the trash. So it was really your textbook Super Archer Blimp Lalo. Uh, he made it look like simple. I mean, it was just like to the T. So I, I was very impressed by that, especially that that great value. You know, you mentioned gutting the core and he he definitely did that. I, I consider, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I consider anything anything over like 25% with your sarch is is exceptional and he got 30% and i was like wow like there's nothing left to stop this attack i agree i think the only way to cheat around that is if you were to dump your sarch on the outside and get like 30% of trash buildings but like when you get the <laughs> when, when you get the blimp in the core you're not getting gold storages and dark elixir drills like you're getting meat by the time i mean it's almost like you know when you attack the clan the capital peak and clan capital and it's like the first attack you're like ooh i got 50% and it's like cuz you just worked your way through a bunch of like little houses that don't defend themselves but like when you're doing a super archer blimp and you hit 30% i mean that's like often that's like 45 to 55% of the defense is on the base and it's just right. it's staggering and the big boy defenses at that the ones yep. i listed off those are big heavy hitters uh shy of the monolith i mean yeah those are those are crazy good so what did you uh what did you go with for war three and don't say so, eab because you'll definitely give him a big head <laughs> no and i i so, so i intentionally i didn't realize you were going to use so the same person when you said i'm not sure i was pronouncing this i i in my head it was ortamu but the the same same person you featured for war one it was a, a, at least a different attack though some of the same troops okay. but a different approach so i i okay. will be glad for that piece it, uh, this one came in super archer blimp from the bottom and it was also kind of a ring base, but I'll say not a proper ring base. Like part of the thing about ring base design is your troops are supposed to run away from the middle, right? They just keep running around the base. And if they get into an inner layer, they'll still keep running around the center. This one, I will say good base recognition from Ortamu with Super Archer Blimp in at the bottom, you know, lots of value, Monolith, Eagle, Town Hall, two Infernos, both Rage Towers, nice, strong gutting of key stuff. But then the rest of the attack was 10 bowlers, uh, Titan, a couple of yetis and some party wizards so it's like all kinds of fun ground and pound type of troops coming in from the top with no siege support right so no log launcher no flame flinger but mm -hmm. a couple of wall breakers and it started at the top of the base as what was going to be a queen walk and i feel like what happened was there was like a a moment there where ortamu went you know what i'm not even gonna bother doing like a queen piece of this i'm just gonna dump all the rest of the troops as well because it, all the other defenses were in there and the way that the ring was set it had wall bricks that were basically creating 
fun natural funneling for the troops in what would be the 12 o'clock corner of the base where if you imagine like you know exactly halfway between the 12 o'clock and three o'clock side a row of walls stretching out from the center ring to the second outer ring like as the troops got in there they wouldn't continue trying to run around they would just stay pushing toward the core so it was like 10 bowlers a yet a couple yetis a super couple uh, party wizards and an electro titan tanking with and the healers were like the queen doesn't need help and they like followed a pack of bowlers that were running out there and the base just absolutely fell to pieces and again i know super archer blimps are really great but i've seen plenty of times somebody lands a super archer blimp they bring in the rest of their troops and either poor funneling or you know traps pulling troops a different direction or a tesla farm catching them by surprise and you know the attack falls to pieces but it was very very well executed and i think there was a little bit of a pivot that i could almost see as the attack started where it was like you know what instead of just using the queen to cut funnel here i'm just going to put everything else in here base went down like a charm yeah and, and if anything it shows that uh he's he's multifaceted right he's not just a a, a one and done kind of guy you know with his attack one trick pony so to speak like yours truly it shows that he can really mix and match and still get the same result okay here's what i'm gonna say though i i recognize that you are somebody who is a humble individual in war two at least we both were using i'll say you're more multi-dimensional than you let on because i know some of your normal attacks you like to make the very solid ground and pound which some could call spam and some people i think inaccurately but this is a conversation for another time inaccurately ascribe the notion of unskilled to spam because choosing the approach how to slightly funnel even if it's like a line of yetis and a line of super archers you pick the wrong side of the base and your attack is dead before it starts so I will say you actually have more skills than you're willing to let on. But War 2, I logged on and you got 99% two-star using what you are affectionately referring to as the Grom Stomp. And I was like, damn it, I wanted to do better than C-Note. <laughs> because <laughs> there's this, you know, there's like, we always have this like natural competitiveness between us. I was like, ah, that's going to be hard to top unless I three-star. And I, I used the Grom Stomp also. And I got a 99%. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So then I sent you a message. I'm like, hey, we're like 99% twins. I'm going to go ahead and probably like one-star now. And then I three starred with my second attack and i was like yeah i win because the only thing he can do which is exactly what you did was three star another base so i just <laughs> wanted to say even though like you know we will go ahead and sort of hide behind some level of humility and not talking about how cool we are as well but uh i i think if we had a third guy in the hockey fight here they would have been probably featuring our attacks from war two especially because between the two of us we had four attacks with 10 stars and 398 percent destruction which was really cool and i know that is a newer army for you so i i call you sir a liar you are more multifaceted and you let on <laughs> oh you know i need to have you on the show more often because you're really making me sound good <laughs> <laughs> No, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, and it's fun. It, it was fun for us because, again, the, the chat was kind of quiet. You know, I don't want to say dead because there was there was some talk in there, but it really felt like. And you're right, we are just competitive by nature. And if you don't believe us, just check out the CFF server under the counting channel. We're constantly trying to be the last one to leave a number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and but that makes it fun, right? You know, because you did. You DM me and you said, "Hey, it's your turn." I just three starred, and I'm like, "Oh, I know. I just watched you. Darn it! I don't know what I'm gonna do." <laughs> so, but it was it was fun pressure. You know, it was it was really fun pressure, and it meant the world to me to be able to DM you back and go, "We're twinsies, ninety nines and one hundreds. We got this." You know, and maybe we single handedly won that war. You know, or lost it. One of the two. 
<laughs> that was the one we won. Plus, I'm telling yeah. you, there's something about like, you know, it's like, oh, these guys are like professionals. They just come in and like, you know, the first war <laughs> with the two of us is like nearly flawless attacks. Like it was it was a really cool moment. Like I, I enjoyed that. It's one of my in in recent memory in Clan War stuff. That was one of my favorite. I was telling like, you know, we're like driving from the we had lunch and after lunch we were heading back to the hotel and I'm like telling my wife myself, like, you guys are going to believe this. C Note 3 starred and they were both like, really? Well, that's actually really cool because they both used to play but it was cool. I'm like, so like we we're using this super hog attack because I hadn't told them about it and I tell them about everything. I'm like, so it's kind of this is how it works. And I hadn't told my son what the super the super hog rider does. So I'm telling him what it is. My wife's laughing and she's like, Oh, that's really cool. And so yeah, we're cool. <laughs> Monster Truck Rally, War Two, Trample and C Note. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so, you know, and that's another thing. We we have very much the same sense of humor and we're we're similar in age. I'm I'm a little older, um, maybe by like a day or two or a year or five one of the two it doesn't matter <laughs> i'm a little older but you still get my references and i get your references so it, it definitely makes it for a uh, fun time hanging out with you um Must so agree. we lost two out of three i, I kind of count war one as a, a wash because you weren't in it and i uh, i'm i am one to advocate that you would have made up those two stars possibly three stars to win it for us or we would have won by percentage had you been in so i like to think of us as one and one during this visit all in all good visit it was, it was great to see EAB. Always great to see his attacks. I'm very glad that you you actually had messaged me and said, I'm going to showcase EAB. If you didn't, I would would have because he just is a phenomenal attacker. Like you said, he has great base recognition. The chat was kind of slow. It could be that's just the state of the game or it could be that they were nervous or whatever the case may be. It was good to see the few people that we did or were able to engage with uh, the two whiskeys, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck uh, in the future. They are a good clan. They have a great war record. They're obviously going to carry on that tradition and they are very lucky to have EAB because he is an, an amazing attacker and a very good guy on top of that as well as use of celery. You didn't really see or hear much from him but uh, I've had the chance to talk to him in the past and he's He's a really good dude. What did you think of the overall visit, Tramp? It was fun. It was, uh, it, I like being able to sort of like go around and see other clans and talk to other people. You know, years ago when I, I, when I first started making content, I was usually like running around in global to like join other clans for a little bit. And I would do things like, you know, post any town hall 10 or 11 layout and I'll three star it. And it was like, you know, uh, I'm going to put this on my YouTube channel. So it was like, you know, my way of trying to pander to grow my YouTube channel a little bit. And <laughs> I, I don't do that as much. I don't travel around to visit people as much and so this was a cool opportunity when you suggested it and and it was cool because they do have a great war record that's a very very solid war record and there were a lot of really good attacks that third war was really tough because that enemy clan was incredible like i was jokingly like i should feature some of their attacks because they made <laughs> they were you know like we're all you know we're we're you know not the we're not the pro players but we're like you know the closest thing to it because we play a lot we care about it we think about our attacks and so like we're in that tier below the pros this was one where seeing these other attackers like they were just like absolutely destroying us i was like well that happens to all of us every now and then we'll come across a clan that's like this but it, even still in spite of that it was you know and they had some great defensive layouts like really good defensive yeah. layouts yeah but it was a lot of fun i like getting a chance to visit around and the person that i talked to in clan chat more than anybody was you and then i was like i 
I feel dumb. Like I'm just gonna message him on Discord. Otherwise, like these two people are these people are just watching the two of us chat in their clan. I'm like, I I thought maybe it would like engage more people, but if anything, maybe it like scared people away where they're like, oh, like these two idiots. We'll just let them go and have their conversation. Yeah, because when we got in there, you know, I was like, hey, nice to meet you guys. What's your war strategy? And and I got crickets. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. And then. War two. I asked the same question. I'm like, so do we have a war strategy here? Do you guys, you know, care? Do you flag bases? One up, one down, mirrors? What do you do? And I got nothing. And you said, I'm going to a meeting, but I was wondering the same thing, (laughs) Sino. You know, because I don't, you know, I don't like to go into people's clans and just go, I'm taking this base and and then just take it, you know, and somebody else might have been scouting it or or whatever. You know, I just don't like to be a a cog in the work, so to speak. So I always try to be polite and say, hey, is there something you prefer? You know, do you have an attack strategy? I will gladly follow it. If not, then if you go free for all, then so be it. No, overall, good time. Good time. Good group. I mean, they they were polite, the, the few that I did talk to. So it was a good group. And again, I wish them the best of luck. Keep that war record going for sure, because that's that's something to be proud of. Yep. All right, many, so- many, many more war wins in their future. Yes. I agree. Especially, they do have some good talent in there, the ones we showcased, and then obviously we couldn't get to them all, but they had had some decent attackers in there, so I have a feeling they're in for a good future. Maybe we'll be visiting their clan for their 800th war win or something. Oh, yeah. Trample... In honor of you, I gave you your own segment, and I called it Trample's Take. But before we do that, I want to get to this quick commercial break. We interrupt this program to bring you an important announcement. Hello, friend. Yes, you. The one in war with your hero down. Do you suffer from poor war performance due to the lengthy hero upgrades? Does your base feel the wrath of an attacker due to key defenses being on upgrade? Are you tired of being the only one in the clan with a negative donation ratio? Can't get a date because your archer tower levels are higher than your hero levels? Let's face it, guys. Chicks dig men with the biggest heroes. You've tried CWL hammers, but can only use those once a week. You've tried books, but those are only available in limited intervals. Introducing the product that will revolutionize the way you upgrade. Gemmit. With Gemmit, you can finish any upgrade in an instant. Have a queen down in need to do a queen charge in war, gem it. Need that eagle artillery to help keep your base safe from overnight raids, gem it. Yes, gem it will finish any upgrade in an instant. But wait, there's more. Gem it allows you to also finish pet upgrades, troop upgrades, finish any army training, and donate with just the click of a button. It's conveniently available in your shop and is available in a variety of packs to suit all your upgrade needs. 80, 500, 1200, 2500, 6500, and 14,000 for those high rollers that want to impress their date on a Friday night. Sound too good to be true? Well, it isn't. What are you waiting for? Hop in your shop today and get some Gemmit and put an end to those ridiculously lengthy upgrades. And remember, folks, I'm not only a spokesman for this product, I'm also a client. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or prevent early pattern baldness, midnight snack cravings, or road rage. Gemmit cannot guarantee you will have a date on a Friday night. All right, we are back. And as I teased, we've got Trample's take coming up. But first, let's get to some call-outs. I always like to let the guests go first. Trample, do you have any call-outs for anybody? So I, there's, you know, the obligatory thank you for having me on the podcast. I, When I first started uh, listening to podcasts, the, the very first podcast that I listened to 
that was when I got into doing podcasting uh, was an episode of Crystals to Join and no disrespect to your co-host at the time, but I, and maybe just because we have, you know, similar personalities, we have more in common, but I remember uh, talking to somebody else and saying, Hey, this Cino dude is like really cool. I really like him. And when you started your own podcast, I was like, Oh man, this is like, I like the idea. It's like such a fun notion of like touring around to visit people. And uh, I, I love the commercials and, you know, it was really, really cool of you to have me on. So I want to start by saying thank you. You know, I've got, I'll say like personal call outs for my family who will never listen to podcasts, mine, let alone anybody else's, but I'm going to say it anyway. And then a few clash podcast, I mean, a few clash call outs uh, on the family front. My wife is my best friend. I know you mentioned it earlier. I, I love my family. My wife and I have been best friends for a long time. We've been together for 27 years. We started dating when we were 15 years old. She is by far my best friend. We do everything together. And I really appreciate all the support she has shown for this thing that literally really just eats up time and it kind of, you know, it pays for itself now and there is money left over because I've had a few things that have, you know, done well for us uh, on the clash front. So it's like not completely a time sink. There's like some kind of, you know, compensation for it, but I appreciate all the support that she's given me and all the encouragement that she's shown me. Uh, my son who just started at the University of Virginia, he's an exceptionally gifted person, as is my daughter. Uh, they both, my son graduated already. So, you know, high school finished completely straight A's all the way through, had 12 or 13 AP classes, uh, did really well on his AP test, perfect score in his ACT, and is going to an amazing university at the University of Virginia. He's an awesome human, super friendly, very caring and kind. My daughter, cut from the same cloth, slightly more introverted than my son, but she's also, she's number one rank in her class on track to be a valedictorian. The kids are amazing. My wife's amazing. I just like to take opportunities to tell people about that. Like I do even when I'm like at the mini Martin stuff. I'm like, my wife and I have been together for 27 years. And the cashiers were like, great, next. Is that when you're picking up the purple Slurpee? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the guy's drink behind me. And did you know my wife is my best friend? I can't wait to see her tonight. I'm a sap, but I, I will I will admit it unabashedly. I am I'm very lucky. I'm um, liking on, a purple Slurpee, please. <laughs> <laughs> on on the clash front you know there are just so many people involved in the good guys family in my discord server in you know people that are like other podcasters that have shown me some love and i couldn't possibly do justice um calling everybody out but just in general i have so many great leaders and co-leaders in the good guys family i got a lot of pressure early on on tiktok for people wanting to join my clans and so i was like starting all these clans and and i was had bases in all of them leading all of them now the only I have a base in my primary clan, the good guys that where I'm leader. And I currently have good guys five where I have my base, one of my bases as the leader, but I'll eventually give that to someone else. It's been great to be able to hand that off to this really awesome community that has been willing to grow up around me. And I am very fortunate. And there are just so many supportive people out there that like just the community in general is staggeringly supportive. And I, I would not stay motivated to do the stuff I'm doing if it wasn't for, and I, I gotta feel like it's similar for you as well. Like I see in your discord server, there's just so much positive energy, so many good vibes. And you know, you're on discord chats with people all the time. And like that community piece, it is what keeps me going and i i would not do it for any other reason i honestly don't know how to follow that that was amazing <laughs> uh and i mean that sincerely and i i would like to even though they're not 
my family, I feel like I've heard so much about them and the way you describe them. Give a call out to your family as well, your wife, your daughter, your son. Good luck to your son in college. <laughs> but first and foremost, I want to shout you out, good sir, for coming on my podcast. Greatly appreciated. Like I said, you you easily submitted 10 cool points uh, to my podcast just by showing up. But it has been an absolute honor and privilege to have you on this show. I want to go and call out, obviously, EAB. For inviting us over blood arrow for having us over as well good time like i said um, next time we come you guys need to talk a little bit more you know kind of announce yourselves make your announce your presence with authority uh <laughs> see now you've got me talking in that voice i <laughs> but no i i want to do give eab a shout out because this is the second time i've come to a clan of his on based on his suggestion first time was his second time was a clan that he's visiting. I don't know if he plans on making it a permanent home, but um, thanks again, EAB. I really appreciate it. And I mean what I say. And I think Trample got a piece of what I'm talking about. Every attack is beautiful. And yeah. I do want to call out one of your cohorts that you didn't mention directly, but indirectly by saying, you know, your leaders of, of your clan family. Um, and that is Storm. Uh, Storm is a super fun individual. Uh, she's everywhere, you know, all over the Discord channels. She's all over your Discord servers. Uh, she is super fun to be around and just a, a good time in general. She actually is a part of a Town Hall 2 clan that we kind of started. Uh, Fuzzy Beavernuts started it and we jumped on board. But Town Hall 2, let's be frank, is really boring. So we have all advanced since then. But she has been a great sport. She's thrown out challenges to us. She's really trying to keep it Live. And I know she does. She she brings that same energy to your clan family, if not tenfold, uh, compared to what I see in this town hall two clan. So oh, uh, yeah, big shout out to her. Yeah, she's, she's she's pretty amazing. We met early this year, and she had popped over for one of the events that we had done, and ended up leaving her clan family and and coming over to join one of the good guys clans. She is very present, very positive, very supportive, very encouraging. Um, she's also very strict, I will say, in a lot of the same ways that I am. Like most of my clans, we like you miss a couple of wars, like you miss a few war attacks, we just kick you out. Like it's because of my TikTok presence, I've always got people that are trying to join the clans. And so mm -hmm. we can be picky and, and sort of mandate slash require that like this is a, this is supposed to be for active people who want to war. And so like she absolutely will hold people accountable. And she did wonders for the Discord server, setting up bots for stuff to where I used to have like some co-leaders would be like, trample your war attack needs to come in the next few minutes and i'd be like oh no i need to go make my war attacks but she set up she set up all the bots on the discord server for each of the clans and linked i think i linked two or three of my bases myself and then she went and like linked all the rest of them for me she's done this thing where she's like moved around to the different clans and because she's present and she's very friendly and talkative and engaging other people wind up talking more and engaging more and it's like she's gotten a bunch of people interested and excited and then she set up like a co-leader discord chat and was super supportive of somebody and then i'm we made that person leader in that clan and then i left the clan because now i don't have to like manage it and yeah she's uh, this absolutely positive force that has visited all i think she's been in all the good guys clans at some point you know gets people jazzed up and excited and you know very active on the discord server so yes absolutely she's done wonders for the good guys family yeah she's she's pretty amazing she's really fun to talk to too <clears throat> and banter with you know in the different uh discord servers um she's right, actually so one of the few there's only probably i'm gonna say like five people in the clash 
community that I, I mean, there are people that I know in the real world that obviously know what my name is and who I am and stuff. Uh, but she's one of the only people that knows me outside, like knows anything about me outside of like my, my trample damage persona and what I do there. Outside, everybody obviously knows like my wife and my kids to a certain extent, but like, she's one of the only people that actually like knows my name. And we have plenty of time to retalk just the two of us on discord, like on my way home from work, we'll catch up, you know, cause I like half an hour drive home. Um, so yeah, she's somebody that I've gotten to trust quite a bit, uh, over the last seven or eight months yeah i i've said it before and i'll say it again it's it's really the the friendships and the social aspect of this game that really kind of cements people into it you know i mean wars come and go attack strategies whatever it's always the game is fun that's what brought us here but it's the, the social aspect that keeps us here absolutely all right so we go from sweet the salt. Who do you have to throw some salt at, Trim? I'm mad at TikTok right now because I some of the most popular videos that I post on TikTok are the challenge guides, the tutorials for how to beat, you know, it's like it's the you know, the Archer Queen Goblin Challenge or the the Future Champion Challenge. And a couple of the ones from this month got very, very low views for me relative to how many views those tutorials normally get. And I was kind of frustrated. And like maybe like an hour after I posted or about an hour after I woke up from posting the Queen Champ, the Queen video, which was the third one, I posted it like five hours ago. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, no, I don't see it on there. And so, and I had that message from like five or six different people. So then I was, uh, something seemed off other people could see it clearly because the thing had you know you know tens of thousands of views not as many as it normally gets and i was kind of asking around and trying to figure it out and i had no idea what was going wrong and i ended up reposting the video i tweaked it a little bit cut the time down a little bit and i reposted it and it ended up getting like two and a half times the number of views that the other one did in the first like three hours and the other one had been up for like 12 hours and i have no idea what was going on so the same thing basically happened with the Royal Champion Challenge, and I don't know why. So I've reached out to a couple of people who messaged me on TikTok saying, hey, I can't see your video. And I'm asking them to like go take screenshots and then share it with me on Discord so that I can try to figure out what exactly is happening and because I don't know what it is that's going on. And it's frustrating me to the point that, you know, it's like I tell my wife, like, this crap keeps happening. I'm going to quit making content. And she's like, okay, honey, sure. You know, but I'm, <laughs> it's, here's the thing. Like if I was, if I just wasn't popular enough, if I wasn't exciting enough, if whatever, I don't mind. I understand that. I don't need to be like that popular, but when I don't understand what's going on, it's very frustrating. So I'm wondering why some of the videos are being like what it is in the TikTok algorithm that is like blocking certain viewers from seeing my videos. And that is driving me insane. Yeah. I'll get you, you TikTok people. <laughs> That's no, my... I don't blame you. That's got to be incredibly frustrating because that turns like a five minute process into a, like a five hour process, right? Yeah, not cool. Very unhappy. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. I mean, I I struggle with you know editing and stuff like that, the editing portion, and it's frustrating. But I always think of it as a learning experience. It's not kind of I'm not battling the creator of what I'm trying to get into. You know what I mean? Like with TikTok, I'm not battling them to get my content in. So yeah, I can imagine that is very frustrating. Again, I, I know you're a listener of the show. I don't know if you remember me throwing salt at McDonald's a few episodes ago for their lack of care with my filet of fish. But Trample, it happened to me again last night. I stopped by McDonald's. I hadn't been to McDonald's in probably a couple of weeks because I'm trying to I'm trying to cut back. You know, I know McDonald's isn't good for you, but it's very easy. It's very convenient. And that's why I go there as frequently as I do. But I cut back for a couple of weeks and I went back for the first time last night and I got a filet of fish meal 
with a chocolate milkshake. The chocolate milkshake, it was like amazing because I hadn't had one in a couple of weeks. Go to bite into the filet of fish. It's hard as a rock again. I'm like, what, what are you lacking here? What is going on? Like, this is the second time in a row I have talked myself into a filet of fish sandwich and I have been met with disappointment. What is going on with you? It's a simple recipe. You know, you fry the patty, you put some cheese on it, some tartar sauce, a couple of pickles, you call it a day, but they can't seem to get it right. So I'd like to think I got the last laugh. So they close about an hour before my restaurant that I work for does, and they're right across the street. So on my last delivery, they were closed. And I took the two pickles that they had in the sandwich and I <laughs> the drive-through window and they stuck there for at least at least until I drove away. So I kind of felt justified in what I did. I don't think they're gonna get the message directly that they screwed up my filet of fish because they put pickles on everything. But I also like to, you know, I like to feel good about myself or that I got them back for that, even though it's you know, two swipes with a squeegee and that's already forgotten about. <laughs> my rage against the machine <laughs> i'll show you take your pickles back <laughs> but no that's all i got for salt is you know my my constant battle with mcdonald's they they like to tease me with you know great milkshakes but horrible sandwiches one of these days they'll get it right i don't know as i teased before i, I have a special segment designed just for you i call it tramples take i have four categories listed and i just want i'd like your take on these categories uh maybe the state of the game in, as it pertains to these categories or what you'd like to see happen or what you would like to see removed or if you want one of these things removed altogether and it wouldn't bother you. Uh, I'm going to start with capital raids. Now, dragging cliffs aside, you're thinking bigger picture. Like all in all, what is your take on capital raids or capital raid weekend? I So I had said before, like the most recent podcast episode I recorded is all about the clan capital. And I love the clan capital as an addition. It actually got me probably like you know, too excited because I ended up upgrading a bunch of bases that I hadn't upgraded before that were like Town Hall 3, 4, 5, and 6 because I was like, oh, well, 3, 4, and 5 because I wanted to be able to use them in the clan capital. And it was really the graveyard spell actually that got me hooked because it is just so much fun. But what I love about it is it's a very subtle, non-invasive, non-time-consuming way to create some additional camaraderie within the clan. And so in general, of course, everything could always be improved. Everything could always be perfected or tweaked or something. But I love the level of camaraderie that it creates in that this is something we're all working together with and i like that there's this like you know it's a it's a it's a team thing that's not quite as aggressively competitive outside of the people who are going to be like oh i'm you know doing two hits on this base and then or this district and then letting everything else go after that that feeling of you know well i we're, we're working toward you know upgrading the blast bow in here we're upgrading this or even just that there's like not as much pressure in the clan capital because Every, we're just going to keep attacking it till it goes down. And if you've got a good clan, it's a positive clan. Oh no! So I took I had a really poor approach on this one base here, and I thought oh you know my ram was going to go where I wanted, but it didn't, and so I basically ended up you know wasting my first attack, and it took me four attacks to get down the golem query, and oh that's terrible, but it's cool and it's fun, and I just love the interaction. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, a good addition to the game. At first, I was a little skeptical because I'm like, oh, you only get to do it on the weekends. That sucks. But now I kind of see why they did it. So all in all, I think it was a good idea. So next category, builder base. What say you? If I was somebody who only had one account, I would probably wind up suggesting that I would play it a lot more than I do. It would be something that I probably do, you know, like 
for years, I never did like my three attacks, my three wins a day. But if I only had one base, I would actually really like it. And I think it's a nice fun mode. But with multiple bases, and this is even when I had seven or eight or nine accounts, I hardly played the builder base at all except to unlock auto. It just, I don't know, I like the main base so much more that the time I am able to spend on the game, I choose to spend on the main base. And I only use the builder base for clan games. Mm, same. I feel the same. If they, if they took it away, it really wouldn't bother me unless that one time a month where it's like, oh no, <laughs> there's no more builder base challenges in clan games. What am I going to do? But uh, other than that, I wouldn't miss it. I'll say one last thing on the builder base is actually what I do love is recently the Clash team forced it to where every every single clan games menu that you look at will have at least four tasks for the main base and at least four tasks for the builder base. And that is something that I don't know that enough people actually recognize that, how much benefit there is. Because I used to love builder base for the tasks for clan games, but a lot of times they would all be gone and there'd be like one of them, or maybe there'd be two of them. Now there's always four. So there's always something good to choose from. And that actually has allowed me to do clan games on more bases than I used to, because I don't have the time to grind out all of the main village tasks where I can grind out builder base tasks very quickly. That's an excellent point. The only thing that I would add into that is I would agree with you. I, I didn't notice it, but now in thinking back on it, you, you're absolutely right. But the one thing I would, I would caveat that with is the fact that when you decide to use Gemit, go past a challenge that you don't like, it is not uncommon to see that same challenge filter right back in. <laughs> it's yes. like, what are you doing to me? You're wasting my gems. So I'm going to jump over to CWL. How, how do you feel the state of C? It's been around a while now. How do you feel the state of CWL is? I have a lot of respect for clans that are willing to put in the time and effort that is required to do well in chance leagues. I feel like our in the good guys, we're like a pretty nice blend of like competitive but laid back where, you know, we're, we're not like mad at each other for bad attacks. We're not, well, we have to have somebody scouting. So it's, but it is a lot of fun and kudos to the people that are willing to grind out as hard as they do. I love Clan War League just because, and this is like for the good guys family at least, because we do tend to work pretty well together. I have the notes outlined for an episode of the podcast that I'm going to do about, you know, essentially how to maximize the value in Clan War League because I just see so many clans that are like, we do mirrors. And I'm like, that's highly inefficient. And I see stuff on Reddit <laughs> all the time. People like, this person stole my mirror. And I'm like, if that's probably not a bad thing because seeing a town hall 11 get two stars on a town hall 15 in, you know, this is more like crystal clan war leagues where you got these like, you know, very disparate balances of bases. It's one of those mm -hmm. things where I, with a little bit of practice, a little bit of effort, you can have tons of fun, even with like mismatches and imbalances in clan war league. I think it's really healthy where it's at. The one complaint that I have is, and this is something that I've been pushing for, you know, using what limited leverage I have within the creator program. I am trying to get them to open up a 30v30 option for champ two and for champ three. I understand champ one, it's a little tougher for them to do like a 15v15 and a 30v30 because how would you do the leaderboard for that? Of like, oh, you know, who were the highest ranking clans? But for champ two and champ three, we run into this thing in the good guys every month where like half the clan leaves for like a quarter of the month. And it's annoying. I think without them doing, I know why they did it in the first place, 
because it was like that was how you qualified for like the world stuff but now that it's no longer linked to the qualifiers i think there would be tons of clans that would love to do a 30 person war in champ three even if it means you know i've got my 27th best attacker in there but at least my 27th best attacker is with for the whole week and not like having to have like a slower time for oceans and you know yeah no i i agree i think that's an excellent idea because i see just in the communities that i'm a part of i see that as a problem for them as well where you have to split the clan and you know 15 people leave the clan for like you said a quarter of the month and then you have to split another clan because maybe they're in the same league and you know so what started out as two clans now is spread out into four and it's it's really hard to manage four clans you know so i agree with you i think that is it's not something i really kind of thought of because it doesn't hit home for me personally because i only have one clan but i do see a lot of friends and others in the community struggle with that so that's that's an excellent point so last but not least clan games as we talked about a little bit ago how do you feel about we kind of already got a couple of gripes out about it but how do you feel overall about clan games i love clan games it's one of those things like every little aspect that is allowing us to get some free stuff because for me so much stuff is viewed through the same lens of when i first started playing you know my only recourse to avoiding a hero upgrade time was buying gemmet because i didn't have hero books <laughs> and i didn't have hammers of heroes like it was all just gems and I love all the extra options that they have now. And it's just like, to me, it feels like free stuff that they're giving us because it was always things I was willing to pay for. And it's just stuff that they give us now. The only thing I don't like about clan games is I don't like that there is like the, the option of to freeload. If I could change anything about clan games, the only thing I would change is an option for leaders and co-leaders to be able to set a minimum threshold that basically says, if you don't get at least, and it may, you could build safeguards as much as possible. If you don't score at least X number of points, you wouldn't wind up getting the, whatever the prizes are for clan games. And it could be something that they have to set prior to it starting. So everybody knows before they opt in and it won't be like somebody pulls a jerky move and like changes it to something higher at the last minute. But like we set a minimum of 1200 points just to be like, we're not requiring you to max out, but we also want it to be more than like you did one quick task to be able to get the benefit. I think having some variability like that would actually be a nice addition. It could even have a, hey, are you sure that you want to start clan games with this clan? Because they have a minimum requirement and you could be like, yes, I'm okay with that. I think that would be a cool addition. But otherwise, I love it because it's just free stuff and it's free stuff that's actually super easy to take out. I think I've done a couple of TikTok videos recently on like, hey, here's a couple of quick, easy ways to take out some of these tasks. Uh, that's an excellent point. Another excellent point. And I didn't consider that possibility that maybe it is time that leadership got a little extra power. You know what I mean? Like, granted, they have the ultimate power of kicking you out of the clan. However, these days, it's it's not like the old days where we had global chat and you kick somebody and you've got five people ready to join your clan in two seconds. You know, you kind of try to keep people in your clan for numbers. But not only that, you no, know, the leader really doesn't have control of what you're talking about, where you can set a limit in, in the clan description. You can also set a limit in, you know, clan chat or Discord or wherever you're, you're communicating with your clan mates. However, you can't enforce it. So you will always have those pirates that come in and do a, oh, I'm going to remove these five things the debris from my base get the 50 points and then i get full rewards do they get the extra reward no so that is a nice perk that is supercell's attempt at making people want to get the, the max amount of points but you still get you know in this case it's 75k this month there's some pretty hefty rewards at the end so now that person that came in and removed five obstacles from their base now gets everything that everybody else gets 
shy of one thing. While I'm ranting, I will say Supercell, stop putting resource potions as a as a reward in the clan games because nobody wants those. <laughs> They're gems. It's just a few yeah. gems. Yeah, they are. They are. But I, mean, I think in every account that I have, they just sit there. You know, because I just don't even think to use them. I know they're 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 helpful for lower accounts. I, I get that, but my thing has always been like I, I've always been one to say, well, if I use that resource potion, that's just giving attackers on my base just more loot, just from you know, especially with the addition of sneaky gobs. Now I'm filling up the collectors just for them to pick off. Yep, my prize for clan games was giving other people more loot, helping others. That's what Cino does. All right. Well, thank you very much for your takes on those four categories. You have a very very, very good perspective, and a lot of which I agree with. We're going to have one more segment. I- I'm very curious as to what you come up with for this, or I have been curious. We're going to go over the top five attack strategies. Now, this is just our preference, your favorite, my favorite. And we're going to go from five to one, and I will let you lead off with your number five. I am going to go, and so, because, you know, we we both play multiple town hall levels, some attacks are great for some town halls and not necessarily great for others. So I will say that I do have specific town halls in mind for each of these. Okay, so my... My, my, my number five, uh, which now I'm on my I'm on my AirPods, so I don't know if it's going to sound wildly different, but um, I do I did have uh, this has been so much more fun, and we've been on for so much longer than I originally was mentally benchmarking that I'm now driving home from work after having spent more time than I was expecting of my workday. Chatting with C Note, uh, and my iPad actually died. The battery died. So instead of my my sitting comfortably in my mobile recording studio, which is what I call my car, I'm now driving home in my 30 minute drive home and I had to switch to my AirPods. And so I hope you guys don't hear the freeway too much, but uh, uh, C-Note, I appreciate you letting me continue to be on your podcast uh, with whatever kind of hopefully not crappy audio we're going to wind up getting. Well, people um, have to expect so when you get I'm, two talkers together, you're going to have, you know what I mean? You're going to have a lot of content. So on the three hour clash tours extravaganza, <laughs> my, my number five is specifically with town hall 10 or 11 in mind is the electron Lalo attack at town hall 10. The first time I used this attack, cause I, I don't remember who I saw do something like this on a YouTube video or one of my clanmates did it after having seen somebody do it. And I think they were, Town Hall 12 that they were using, but it's a blimp with, you know, at Town Hall 10, obviously no Grand Warden Eternal Tome protecting the attack, but a blimp in toward the center of the base. And you're usually targeting at least an Inferno Tower, the Archer Queen, and an air defense. If you get an X-Bow and other stuff, great. And you also want to be able to lure the Clan Castle troops. So you're dropping the blimp and it's like the airborne equivalents of the Town Hall 15 Sarch uh, meta that we have right now, only instead of using clone spells and rage and invisibility with super archers, you're just using clone spells and rage with blimps, uh, with the balloons that can gut a large portion of the base, which much like the Sarch will create nice pathing. And it's usually followed up by the heroes funneling a little bit. And then a classic Lalo, which when that Electron drops in the center of the base and guts a big piece of it, you're usually in, you know, I talk about super hog or hog riders being my favorite troop. It's beautiful thing for the balloons. You can usually do this with two lava hounds. And I say for Town Hall 10, I also use it at Town Hall 11. I say this about Town Hall 10, Electron, Lalo. It is one of the few attacks where people ask me sometimes like, hey, how do I three-star Town Hall 13 with my Town Hall 12? And the correct answer is you can't, unless the base sucks. If the base is rushed, of course, you can always do that. But a solid Town Hall 13 can't be three-starred by a solid Town Hall 12, except in very, very rare instances. When I'm attacking with an Electron as a Town Hall 10 against 11s, even maxed 11s with solid base layouts, 
I'm a good 20, 25% shot to three star a solid town hall 11 with a town hall 10 army. And that's saying something because without a grand warden, town hall 11 is really hard to be able to power through the Eagle artillery. And that again, good layouts. But Electron Lalo is something that I've been able to meet with success three star and town 11s as in. And that is why it is my number five. Nice, nice. Side note, I registered my 13 in your event uh, in anticipation of certain troops that I am able to use at that town hall level. So <laughs> you mentioned town hall 13 and I immediately thought, oh yeah, that's what I submitted. <laughs> Um, all right. So my number five, as you uh, alluded to earlier, is mainly pretty much for lower town hall levels, eight, nine range. I started using it at town hall eight. It's the Govaho. I love Valks on Rage. And then you've got the hogs to support the Valks so they're not taking so much heat. Uh, and if deployed right, it's just magic. I mean, you can literally get down a base and... and probably like a minute. Um, at least that's what I was doing at Town Hall 8. Uh, Town Hall 9 gets a little trickier with the Expos, but it's totally doable. Town Hall 10 is a little more challenging. And then it, the attack kind of becomes obsolete. And I've, I've always said this, that the Valks don't get enough love and I'd love to see them become relevant. I know you sent me an attack strategy to use at 15. Uh, and they just, they struggle. They do. You know, the Valks die off just way too quick. They're way too squishy in my opinion. They need a, I know we always cry for buffs on troops and that's probably what I would cry for <laughs> is a buff on the Valks because I, I really want to see them be relevant again. So that's my number five. What do you have for number four? Number four is, uh, it was really tough for me to say between number three and number four, but I am going to go number four as the Hydra clone Hydra for Town Hall 14 is so much fun and visually it's a stunning attack to see when you've got especially the variant where you can use three clone spells around the Town Hall and you get so much value it was my highest hit rate attack at Town Hall 14 after they gave the Archer Towers the new level for Town Hall 14. Prior to that, it was another attack that I'll talk about, but I love the Hydra attack and I love the clone spells with the Hydra. It, it looks stunning. It goes so quickly and it can be used very successfully against nearly any Town Hall 14 layout. Yeah, that's an attack that a lot of people still use to this day on Town Hall 15 too. So it is still relevant. All right. So for number four, I'm not too far off the beaten path with what you just said. I went with uh, Blizz Dragon, Blizz Blizzard Mass Dragon. Um, I got turned on to this attack by the late great hero killer. I was very skeptical at first because I'm not I'm not an air guy by nature, but seeing how much damage you could do with the blizzard really kind of, you know, if you do it right, you're going to get a good percentage of the core down and it makes it that much easier for the dragons to come in. I'm quoting you as saying that, you know, you don't have to funnel or you don't have to worry about the funnel as much with dragons. You know, they do their thing. They come in, especially if you're suing the heroes and clearing a path for them. They just do their thing. They come in, they wreck stuff. You're done. That's something that at the tail end of Town Hall 14, I really started using a lot of, which kind of mutated into, you know, the Sarch of today. That's kind of the new blizzard of Town Hall 15, in my opinion. We're going to jump on to number three. What do you have for three, Trample? I am going with, and this is almost is a little bit more selfish, because one of the biggest boosts I think I got in my content creation development and the recognition I got was from a video that I did on Town Hall 13 Golem Avalanche, which is usually eight, at least the version I was running. I, I don't know what other versions people were running. Eight earthquake spells with a log launcher. And I had to defend that to so many people. They're like, why would you use a log launcher with eight earthquake spells? I'm like, because four earthquake spells on the Town Hall plus 
six or I don't remember, six logs, I think six hits or eight, six hits, six or eight hits from the log launcher will take out a Town Hall 13 after it's been hit with four earthquake spells. And so I would just like completely open up the outer side of the base, hit the Town Hall with the other four earthquake spells, four golems, and then the spammiest version was eight super archer, I'm sorry, eight super witches, super wizards, let me get my word straight, eight super wizards and eight regular witches behind the four golems and it is a crushingly powerful attack. And some of the stuff that I made, I actually share. I, I put one on Reddit and it got a lot of upvotes on Reddit. And I shared it with a content creator who was a YouTube mate uh, at the time, YouTuber named Deja Vu. I don't know if you know who that is or had ever heard of this person. And he, he was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And he ended up making a video about it. And a couple other people saw it and it got a lot of views. And a couple versions I did on YouTube got a lot of views. And it, I think I picked up a couple hundred YouTube subscribers, which at the time I was probably like 2,000 subscribers. So I was like a 10 or 15% increase in YouTube subscribers. It's just such a powerful attack. And I had some people like, oh, it's just spam. It's not that great. But you have to pick the right place to come in. You have to deploy the troops at the right time. Otherwise, they'll just run around the outside. It is like at its core, ground and pound. And I love that attack. It sounds absolutely sexy. I, I love the troop comp. I love the concept. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love everything about it. And it's very similar to my number three. And I, I mentioned this earlier, and I think I've mentioned this on other uh, podcasts as well. I call it the smash and grab. What it is is... You throw a couple golems down to tank, and you can either use an octoquake or a quadquake, one of the two, depending, you know, obviously base dependent. Spread the witches behind the golems. Golems are taking the fire, and then you let them eat the trash. Log launcher behind the golems working its way in, and then the, the witches or the, the, the larries kind of funnel in. And then a little bit about timing, because if you don't do this right, your bowlers are your kind of your kill squad. And if you don't do this right, they will wander on you. So you have to make sure the trash is taken care of and that they target something that is beyond the hole that the log launcher creates. Once you get those bowlers in, I like to throw a rage in front of them and then warden tome and watch them go crazy on the rage as they're invincible. And they wreck bases uh it, the second most gorgeous thing next to a uh, next to a valk on rage is a bowler on rage in my opinion that was my favorite and still remains my favorite attack at town hall 13 today and it was still mildly viable at 14 in the early stages but it became obsolete because of the town hall poison that <laughs> town hall 14 exerts once it's down uh the bowlers just can't survive that but um i do still see bits and pieces of that attack being used today at town hall 15 with some success and i've i've showcased a few of those attacks and uh you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie i get a little warm spot in my heart when i see those all right so on to number two trample what do you got my number two is a lot of these are there's more of like i think like the nostalgia factor like you know you mentioned the gobaho attack like i completely agree with you like for me that was a, a favorite attack at town hall 8 9 10 and honestly when town hall 11 first came out hit rates on that were pretty low but my most successful attacks that I was using at Town Hall 11, they weren't like really high triple rates, but it was a Gobaho army. This is along the same lines. For Town Hall 10, I'd go hog attack. I would normally use two, two golems and 10 wizards plus my heroes to get the enemy queen, enemy clan castle. And I would usually have to use a jump spell or at least like, you know, eight to 10 wall breakers to really get into the core and pull the clan castle troops and be able to get the archer queen. When Town Hall 12 came out and they introduced the wall wrecker, that's like, Ever since the wall wrecker came out, I'm going to say like my Town Hall 10 war three star rate against solid Town Hall 10s using a Gova, just a go hog attack is probably like 
97%. The introduction of that log launcher, I mean, sorry, the introduction of the wall record, the log launcher just makes it even easier. But when the, the wall record first came out, it went from being like a 65, 70% three-star rate to where like, I felt like I couldn't fail. And it was just set it up with heroes, two golems, some wizards, log launcher heading in toward the, the core of the base to get the clan castle troops, the queen, a couple of good value targets. And then it's just a simple path for the hog riders through the base. I had a lot of popularity, you know, when I was very, very small on YouTube, where in global chat, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can three star any town hall 10 layout that you put before me. And I actually had a couple videos I did where I would just go join clans and then put up their town hall 10s. And I would just destroy their town hall 10s like clockwork. It was so simple, so easy. It's like the golem and the hog rider are two of my absolute favorite troops. And it is such a wonderful combination that will always remain near and dear to me and the the golem's kind of underrated these days don't you think i do it's like i i it has so many hit points it lasts forever they're just so and then you know when they added the the third goldemite that was like i remember having one of the guys in the good guys curly he's a very skilled attacker he doesn't play as much as he used to but he was like finishing one one month he finished like 70th in the world or something very very strong attacker and when i first met him trolling around in global he had like level two golems as a town hall 12. And I was using a, I think a queen charge golem or queen charge hog rider attack at the time. I told him, dude, your golems are terrible. You should actually upgrade. He's like, golems are useless. And I started attacking his like really good layouts with golem based tanking armies and wiping them out. And he was like, you have sold me. I am, I'm going to upgrade my golems now. <laughs> well, that's proof right there that they're underrated. I mean, you can use them at any level. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll get you what you need. So my number two is an attack that I still use to this day. I believe, to give a little history, I believe this was a Sir Moose attack, uh, the Yeti Super Archer. And when I first saw it, I tried it. I was failing. I'm like, ah, this is stupid. I'm tossing it in the garbage. Then my clanmate, Evil Empire, started using it. But he started using it in a different manner. And he turned me on to like using Earthquake with it to funnel the Yetis in quicker. Because I'm like, oh, the Yetis are all dying right away. They don't even get in the base. This is stupid. Well, then he's like, I, I gotta, to quote him, I have to open the hole so these dumb uh effers as he put it i won't swear but uh you can mm -hmm. pretty much tell what he said get into the base quicker and i'm like i never thought of that and i tried it it worked and now i've i've tinkered with it since but it, it, it's the essence of ground and pound you know and the yeti has quickly become one of my favorite troops if not my favorite troop of all time getting through a base helping you know the log launcher get across the yeti mites getting some, you know, preemptively getting some some defenses out of your way, you know, having the the distance of the the super archer. For those who underestimate the super archer, there have been many attacks where there's been two super archers left and they've literally gotten me a triple. So, they are also quickly becoming, you know, my top one of my top 5 troops, but I love this attack. It's it's ground and pound. It's right up my alley and I still use it to this day. It's still viable. It's viable at 14 because I have a 14 that I use strictly this attack with. And I also have a 15 that I, since the inception of the Grom Stomp, I've kind of deviated from it, but it's still something that I, I carry in my hip pocket and I pull out when needed. So on to big number one, Trample. What is your all-time favorite attack? My number one is, again, from a selfish perspective, this attack is something that I actually designed myself, and it helped me grow, I think, some of the largest that I had grown out of TikTok already. But outside of TikTok on YouTube, I picked up a lot of subscribers after a couple of uh, other YouTubers picked up an attack that I created that I was affectionately calling Hound Riders. 
I had this idea that I love golems, right? So we're, we're talking about golems. It's such a great troop. And I had asked myself the question, what if I destroyed all the air defenses on the base with lightning spells? which you can't do necessarily, but you can use heroes to get the fourth one. And so I came up with this attack of using nine lightning spells to destroy three of the air defenses, and then using the heroes to dive in and take out the last air defense. Well, with no air defenses on the map, the Lava Hound becomes what I've always described as a flying golem. It now just targets any defense. And so I thought with the Dragon Rider, what if I just zap out all the air defenses and then send in Lava Hounds with Dragon Riders behind them the Lava Hounds will pop, which will start creating funnel uh, cleanup troops, and they will also be tanking for the Dragon Riders. And so I made this video that I posted on Reddit, and I posted it on YouTube, and I shared it with, I shared it with Deja Vu Gaming was the first person that I had shared it with. And then he shared it with a YouTuber, Clash with Corey. And then having seen it on Reddit, a couple other people ended up picking it up. Itsu made a video that was about the attack. Um, Clash with Eric ended up featuring it on one of his videos. And Judo Sloth did a video that was like, a, oh, it's a personal 5v5 war of him against, you know, somebody else. And he used my Hound Rider attack. And I don't think he knew who I was at the time. He had just seen it somewhere else. And I remember the dude Clash with Corey, he, when he was describing it, he's like, oh, and Sir Moose picked it up as well. And Clash with Corey, he was like, oh, this attack here, you know, I got it from a smaller guy who got it from, from an even smaller guy. And I was just thinking like, that's my lame claim to fame. I'm the even smaller guy who was referenced on a video that Clash, Clash with Corey ended up putting out. But so a, a couple people picked up this attack and it was very shortly after that, that I ended up actually getting enough YouTube subscribers to be part of the creator program as a, what they call a tier three creator. And that sort of like very heavily catapulted me. And it's a super fun attack. It wasn't as good when the Archer Towers got a new level because they had like 10 hit points too many to survive three lightning spells. So prior to that, I could get like an Archer Tower and an air defense, which was really great, you know, heading in. But it's still something that was really good. It's actually completely, you know, legitimately, it's viable at Town Hall 15 because the max lightning spell can take out a max Archer Tower with three hits. But, you know, the poison spell towers and the monolith eats dragon riders and stuff. So it's like, you know, theoretically feasible, but it doesn't actually work that well for the most part at Town Hall 15. But that attack for Town Hall 14, and I've done variations on it for Town Hall 12 and Town Hall 13 as well. The 12 version obviously can't use Dragon Riders because they're not available at Town Hall 12. But Hound Riders is and probably always will be my favorite attack because I made it up. That is, that's an awesome story. I love backstories. That that literally, I can see why that's your favorite attack because it, it puts you on the map, right? Absolutely. Um, and in a, yeah. and I, what I loved about it was like people... The people, aside from Clash with Corey, who doesn't produce content anymore, I think he quit for, you know, presumably, you know, greater reasons, positive reasons, hopefully, you know, like Itsu was super cool. And he like linked my account in his video. And it's actually the first, it's the first time I realized, I always thought that he, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not like giving up trade secrets or this isn't like a secret or anything, but like he's got a German YouTube channel and uh, an English YouTube channel. I always just assumed that it was like completely fresh English channel content, but he actually, I think what he does is he shows, he does the video because I was watching the one where he featured my attack and there was a point where he was deploying spells while he was like waving his hands in front of the camera. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I looked at his German video and he was like making the attacks live on his German one, speaking in German. And then he goes back over and re-records the audio in English. And that's when I realized that like, and it, it never really clicked before, but it makes perfect sense to me that, you know, he, he would do that because he's not, 
able to feature the same like, the same attack in two languages simultaneously. So clearly, he's going to have to have done separate audio. But that's when I realized that because I watched the I watched the German version also because I'm like, hey, he mentions my name to his German audience as well. Even though <laughs> I don't speak any I don't speak any German, but when he said trample damage, I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> trample damage. <laughs> is trample damage the same in German as it is in English? Well. I don't know if there's a, a better translation, but he said it as trample damage. So I was okay. pretty excited. <laughs> no, I would too. I'd be like, I've made it. And then, you know, the heavens part, the clouds go away, the sun comes out. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I love the backstory. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. My <laughs> number one uh, is is the, the single reason that I have two Town Hall 9, forever Town Hall 9s. I will always have a Town Hall 9 because I love this attack. And it's a little different than... I, I'm, it's the witch slap. And I say that it's not your conventional witch slap where you have the golems. It's not, in other words, it's not like the little challenge they have when you hit a town hall, you can do those little challenges instead of attacking. And, you know, they show you the, the little tutorials on how to do certain attacks. And the witch slap is, or a variation of the witch slap is one of them. However, Supercell promotes golems and then the witches. Mine is a little different. I use uh, eight witches, four healers, two pekkas, three wizards and three wall breakers. What I do is I pick a, a spot that I want to go in and then I deploy four witches, two healers on one corner, four healers, two witches on another corner, Pekka's in the center and then the wizards behind them to clean the trash. As soon as the first defense targets the first Pekka, I launch the wall breakers to get them in. King, queen, and then bowlers in the CC. And again, I throw the rage ahead. I throw a jump spell ahead so that they can get over any walls or get into the center of the base. It works like 99.9% of the time. The hit rate is incredible. And the attack was shown to me many, many years ago by a guy that claims to have invented it. And I have no reason to believe he didn't. But he showed me and another friend of mine at the time that were playing this attack. And we started using it and we were tripling everything. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's so much fun. I mean, who doesn't enjoy wrecking a base, right? And this is just very easy to use, very user-friendly. And I again, it's the single reason why I keep, I will always have a Town Hall 9 if now I have two might have three in the future just because i love this attack i love doing it so much so yeah that's my number one is the witch slap that's uh th those like are some good good attack strategies right i like that army composition that sounds really cool i gotta talk you into coming over to my trample damage clan one day we could do like a five town hall nine spin uh that sounds yeah. like a really a really cool army i know which one you're talking about on the tutorial i want to say that that attack takes like six minutes to do on the tutorial there's like yeah. a couple of them where it's like they got like a 10 minute queen walk and they're like, this is how you do this attack. I'm like, you know, you would have run out of time by now, but the tutorial ones, they don't actually right. have time limits in there. Right. But I feel like yeah. their version of the wish slap, I think that one is one of the ones that also like, they have this really long buildup to, to making that attack. But I like that idea. And the bowlers in the clan castle is a, it's such a wonderful idea because it's like the, the witches are going to clear the whole outside plus that outer row of defenses with those healers behind them. And then the skeletons obviously distracting everything. That sounds like a really cool Town Hall 9 army comp. It is. Yeah, it is so fun. Now and again, you'll get a healer switch. If the witches get close enough, they'll switch to the queen or the king or the P.E.K.K.A. or whomever is gutting the core, sometimes the bowlers. And uh, it, it's it's so much fun. I, I That is easily my favorite attack. And, and again, the reason why I keep a Town Hall 9. And I would love I would love to come over and do a, a 5v all 9 war with you. And I'm happy to give you that comp or show you how it works or whatever you, you, know, you like. But I will warn you, it is an addicting attack. So once 
you know, once you see it, you're going to be like, oh, no, this is my new town all nine attack. <laughs> no more hog riders. Now it's all witches. <laughs> now it's witches. <laughs> I'm going to get you to like witches trample because I know you've excluded those from almost every event that I've been in that you've sponsored. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh -oh. I threw a question in for uh, questions on the podcast. <laughs> Why do you hate witches? <laughs> I actually, I will say my my normal rating that I do, like, just, like, loop, like when I'm not in war and I just have troops set for Town Hall 11, 12, 13, and 14, my standing army comp that sits in there is, like, I'll say Town Hall 13, I know for sure, because it's an easy count. It's eight ice golems, ten bowlers, ten witches. Eight earthquake spells, one rage, one freeze. I don't usually have clan castle troops in there or clan castle spells, but I'll, I'll use a log launcher. And it's literally just, you know, double quadquake, you know, hit the outside, hit the inside, Eight ice golems behind them, 10 witches, 10 bowlers, drop the rage, drop the log launcher, drop the heroes, uh, trigger the king ability and the warden ability right away, and then I close the app. And I let the queen and the royal champion figure out their own time to use their abilities. And it's like, it takes like 12 seconds. And that's a quick, easy way for me to be able to deploy like a full army, get, you know, a base knocked down, get, you know, five, 6,000 dark elixir. I you know, deploy the army, swipe out, come back in, rapid train that, do it again, rapid train, and then I go on to the next base. And I can, in like 10 or 15 minutes, I can make like 13 attacks like that. And it's always 10 witches, 10 bowlers, and then some variation on the number of ice golems. So I love witches. Okay. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. We're going to have to get you a thumbnail so that you can, uh, you know, start uh, putting the, or I should say, a poster with a witch in it. Because I, I was teasing you one time and I said, Triple, how come you don't have witches in your events? And you're like, because I don't have a picture to put on the poster. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Okay, well, I can't argue that, but <laughs> I, think I um, might have gotten one the other day from the like the, the toolkit, whatever the fan toolkit that, that Supercell has in the creator program. I think I actually pulled a picture of one the other day. But you can actually, use super witches for this next one because yeah, they have but they're expensive. The big, it's it's, hey, it's kind of like 13. trying to go trying 13, to go to a fancy restaurant on a Taco Bell budget. <laughs> you, hey, it's a friendly war. You can use three super witches. Okay, you know, no, yeah, I might try that. I mean, I have an attack in mind, but I. I might try that. I might okay. I might break out the super witch. Just well use just use your second. attack and then for fun some other time in a friendly war, use some super witch. Yeah, no, I will. I will I haven't had a lot of success with super witches, I'm not gonna lie. I do I do dig the concept of the Mega Larry button heads against things and uh, how aggressive he is. Uh, I just, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a spammer. It's hard for me to invest that much troop space into one troop. It's just, it, I'm not saying I can't do it. It's just very hard for me to comprehend sometimes where it's like, Oh, you know, I used X amount of spaces. What do I have left? Oh, great. This isn't what I'm accustomed to. I'm, I'm used to throwing out a hundred witches, you know, or like you said, uh, you know, a hundred bowlers or eight, eight ice golems and when i can't do that i feel like inadequate something's wrong right this doesn't look right and my camp is empty i'm i'm immediately flashback to my sesame street days where it's one of these things just isn't the same <laughs> but uh no I, you know that that is an awesome awesome uh attack strategy well history so to speak between the both of us and uh, we're gonna end the show on that note, folks, I hope if I hope you were paying attention because Trample gave out a ton of good advice on not only attack strategies, but the game itself. Hopefully you've learned something from that. Uh, Trample, I can't thank you enough for coming on my show. Like I said, you added, you instantly added 10 cool points 
to my podcast and I humbled by your presence and I greatly appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the invite. I really have enjoyed listening to your podcast um, since the beginning and I think you do a great job. I think you have a nice niche that you've got carved out for yourself. It's a cool idea for the show and it was really fun to have a chance to be a part of it. Well, side note, I'm a huge fanboy of yours. You know, I, I see trample damage on anything and I come running. So, <laughs> so, you know, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, whether it's, you know, your podcast drops and I'm like, yes, right there to listen to it. So yeah, I'm, I am a huge fan of yours and I am so glad you came on. Uh, any parting thoughts before you go? No, I just, I apologize if this becomes like your new longest episode ever because I won't shut up. <laughs> Like I said, it takes two to tango. We both are talkers and uh, I know where we we talk outside of the game, probably not in such length. So this is, you know, this is what happens when you get two people that have so much in common on a chat channel by themselves. It just, you know, chaos ensues. Again, I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to edit this, get it out because I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to listen to it. Uh, You can catch me on Twitter at Clash Tours. You can catch Trample Damage on Twitter as well, as well as YouTube, as well as TikTok. Listen to his podcast, Inside Clash. For more awesome content, like and subscribe now. Also, also, you can jump into his Discord channel and our server, excuse me. And if you haven't done that already, you're dumb. No, I'm just kidding. I had to say that because Trample said that (laughs) on his podcast about me. So I had to get that in there. But no, what are you waiting for? Jump in his Discord. It's always a good time. As we talked about earlier, he tries to get back to you. Uh, you know, if you have questions for him, you can throw questions uh, for his podcast. He has some great content in there. He's got some great folks uh, running in there. We already talked about Storm, and there's many others in there that are very helpful, very friendly. So jump in there when you get a chance. And for Trample and myself, have a good evening. <laughs>